Copa MX Network production. This is the Rocky Mountain ATV MC Kiefer Tested Podcast. The podcast you come to for the straight insight on all things moto-centric. Hard parts, bikes, gear, suspension, motor mods, and more. It's Kiefer Tested. Here he is, Chris Kiefer. Howdy, howdy. Welcome in to the one and only Rocky Mountain ATVMC.com. Kiefer Tested Podcast presented by FXR Racing and REP Suspension. How in the hell are you guys doing out there today? Thank you for joining me. And of course, thank you for subscribing to this lovely podcast because I'm sure there's a shit ton out there that you can subscribe to. So we appreciate it. And of course, please tell your friends, have them subscribe, listen. There's a lot of archives, 300 and some odd shows in there. So there's plenty in there. Preferably, I pre- you don't listen to like the first 10. It's really bad. Like I went back and listened to some of that shit. I was like, oh boy, it's really, really bad. So apologies for the first 10. I should just delete the first 10 and just start out where I think it's really good. But nonetheless, thank you for joining me. We appreciate it. Uh, if you want to do some shopping, Go to RockyMountainATVMC.com, but before you do that, go to KieferInkTesting.com. Click on the RMATVMC banner. It's the only banner on our site. It's a very clean, friendly, um, no STD type of site. It's really nice. Just click on that RMATVMC banner, and that leads you back to their site. Continue to live your life. Do your shopping. Spend some money. And then we get a snippet of what you guys are purchasing, and it really does help us out a lot over here. We appreciate you guys doing that. And lets the guys over there in Utah know that you enjoy this show. So um, that helps us out as well, keeps this thing up and moving. And you want to get a discount on some new gear, fxrracing.com is the place to go to. Check out the new Helium, Revo, Podium, Clutch. Get some 60-slash-ATR2 um FXR collaboration helmets. I have a code. You know what that is? KKMX35. That'll save you 35%. And if you're a lady and you kick ass on a dirt bike, I have a special code for you. Hit me up, Chris, at KieferInkTesting.com, and I'll get you that code for you ladies out there. And REP suspension. We just did a big show about linkage system, KTM air forks versus 6500s, cone valves, all of that. Um... Mark is working magic over there right now. He's coming up with engine mounts. He's going to have out soon for you Austrian lovers. Uh, He has a linkage system. He's working on a linkage system for a Yamaha YZ450F because that bike needs some love in the rear end. (laughs) That's actually funny. That was funny, man. Hey, Eddie. Eddie's with me today, so uh, we're going to talk about some stuff. But that was a funny joke. So REP suspension. Uh, Mark and the guys, KKREP is the code to save on some valving. If you have any questions about those guys, always hit up my email. I'm happy to talk to you about whatever you guys might need from my advertisers. Power Motorsports, Works Connection. Kiefer20 is the code to save over at Works Connection. Lit Pro, you want to do some dick measuring without whipping it out, just on the track. Lit Pro is the device to stick on your lid and do that. Blood Lubricants. You get a box of oil for 25% off. Use this code Kiefer. 6D helmets. 
You know, the guys over there at 6D are all about safety. The new helmet is coming along really good. I can't talk about it, but damn, I can't wait for that to come out. Kiefer23 is the 6D code to save over there. You guys are over the age of 30. You want to do some moto. International Vet Motocross Association, their moto and down their 2024 schedule is coming out. So make sure you go race with your homies and have a good time. Dunlop MX34, Dunlop Motorsports, Pro Taper, ProTaper.com, ScreenPrintingDone.com, Decal Works, the official decal of Kiefer Inc. testing. We have a code for Decal Works as well if you want that. Save some money on some new graphics. Be like David Martinez and get a new set of graphics every month. God forbid if you have your shrouds marked up. Alpine Stars, best boot there is out there, Tech 10. Uh, the guy in studio with me today is not a Tech 10 guy. He should be slapped in the face, but he likes Tech 7, so we're, we won't slap him that hard. Oakley, how do we feel about Oakley, Eddie? Uh, it, they don't fit for me. Oh, boy. I, I'm not knocking their goggle. I think uh, it's a great goggle. Just, but you had a broken nose with another goggle, didn't I, you, though, I got, a bi- I got a big schnoz, so they so don't do sit I. on my nose very well. Oakley Airbrake, great goggle, and thank you for coming on board. Oakley Polysport, you want some fresh plastic? Those are over at Rocky Mountain. And we have a code for some <laughs> racing fuel. Kiefer Inc. K-E-E-F-E-R-I-N-C. All caps. Save you some money on some racing fuel. They have all different kinds. You want to go huge with an ETS MX-18. You want to stink up the house with some special blend ETS MX-21. Or do you want some Ultra Blaze, some uh, pump replacement fuel? They have it over there, ETS Racing. And you can use my code to save some moolah. All right. That was quick. Five minutes. That wasn't so bad. I get people bitching at me, Eddie. Hey, man, it's seven minutes of commercials. But it's not boring. I feel but, like it's not like, hey, everybody, you should buy FXR yeah. gear. You, this is the best gear ever made. Yeah. Uh, Look, I mean, it, it, if you're an avid listener to your stuff, yeah. I hope these aren't the guys that are complaining because they can hit the 15-second button. Right. And, 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 and at 1.5 it. And I never would want anybody to get through there because we want them to use the promo well, can, codes. Yeah, but right. you, if you have already know these codes and you're already an avid user of it, you can skip right through Here's it. Here's the deal. If you spend money with my advertisers and you fast-forward, no hate comms. Yeah. That's fine. And there's a thing on the Apple you know, podcast yeah. app. You can just put 1.52. <laughs> goes right through it. Right. So I, th- I think we just, as your day unfolded today, I think you just realized that people just hate life these days. It's bad. They're so miserable, man. If they don't have something to complain about. Well, this brings me to the topic that we're doing the show today. So I put out a Instagram message and said, hey, let's do a reader question show. And holy shit, man, I got a flood of DMs of questions. We're going to read a lot of them here today. So this is going to be a fun show for us. Some are serious. Some, I don't know if they're serious, but we're going to have a, a time with that. And we're going to try to maybe cold call some guys uh, for some answers because some of these questions I don't know. And I don't know why you're asking me certain things like, you know I'm not an enduro cross rider. Yep. I don't fucking know how to ride enduro cross. <laughs> like, if you have tape on me riding enduro cross, it's not good. <laughs> like, it's not good. I used to race when I was at Dirt Rider. We'd do these daytime qualify and. It was rough. I had Brownie want to fight me because I was stuck in the rocks and I was in his line and he was going to punch me in the face. I suck. Yeah. I was doing a fat burnout in Vegas for four minutes in rubber all over the rocks. I didn't know what the fuck I was doing. So, yeah, I don't know how to ride enduro cross. I wonder a- what, I wonder how it would go now, though. 
with with what you've learned through the years and your your bike skills are you for know, sure pretty better. dang good. For sure better, but you watch these dudes now. Oh, it's unbelievable. Like they're doubling off yeah. of things. Logs. In the corner, doubling logs. Like no way. I got a short experience of it in two God, I'm I'm going to I'm going to guess here 2012. No, I worked for Ricky Dietrich. Oh yeah. And we did a couple of them at Valley Yamaha and, and he wasn't bad. He was okay. He he was pretty good and he got smoked. Right. Like we were doing some testing over there in Riverside at the track and uh I'm like, "Man, we look pretty good, you know?" Like, yeah. We're going to do good. We went there and it was like Right, Who was we, winning then? Like Rhino? Well, was Rhino no, racing? No, Webb and those guys. Oh, Cody. Yep, Cody Webb. And then there was some dude with a, a front-wheel drive motorcycle. I forget that guy's name. Oh, Wild Wally. Palmer. Yeah. Palmer, yep. Fuck. Yeah. Dude, those guys. like Send meter high. Yep. But I'll tell you what. The, the one section down the one side of the stadium, it had like big log rollers. Yeah. And Ricky was the first one to double it. You know, he raised the bar there and doubled these two logs that, like, he was a million feet in the air and he was only going about 15 feet. But That's what I can't understand as a moto guy. You guys listen to this. When they double these things, there's no forgiveness if you no. case it. No, like, there's no deck. Yeah. Like, I remember seeing Wild Wally, and this is in Ontario. We would go out of this, the, the arena and come back, and there was a log to, like, if you can envision a tabletop, and in the middle, it was all wood. Yep. And then the landing was another huge log. So you'd go, yeah, into the wood. And then, yeah, out of the. <laughs> out of it. He hit it wide open and jumped the whole fucking thing and cased the shit out of it, cartwheeled his brains out, gets up. Go another on. move, wide open in the first corner. Someone hits his front brake. His front brake gets hit. He endos, hits headfirst into another log. <laughs> I, I don't understand yeah. it. The, the guy that was winning, actually, I, I'm an, I don't want to butcher his name, but Caddy Blazusiak. Yeah. yeah, that dude was unbelievable. He's still racing. Yeah, that dude was unbelievable. They're having a series right now, still racing. If you guys haven't been to an enduro cross, seriously, it's some of the most fun you'll have. If and look, I'm going to sound like a, a not a real fan, but if you want to see some crashes, yeah, watch the women and you watch the vet class. Yeah, yeah, it, your day, dude. <laughs> I don't know who put something up on reels the other day on Instagram. It was just a it was a collage of pictures as well as video of people eating shit. Yeah. Gnarly. Unbelievable. Big crashes, like flipping head over heels into inside of tires. Yep. And the big rock section. <laughs> yeah. Oh my gosh. I, yeah, hats off to those guys. So anyway, I have a bunch of uh reader questions here. So if you guys did get a DM back from me say I'm gonna read your question on air, here we are. It'll be a fun show. Um, maybe not as informative as some of you guys or techie as some of you guys like, but we're going to try to answer some questions and maybe if you guys didn't put those into my DMs, maybe they're something that you want to know about and we're going to answer them here today. So um, unlike other media outlets, Edward, we're here for the people. That's right. We, we reach out. We'll talk to you. We'll try to give you an educated answer. And if we don't know, my God, I'll actually say I don't know. Instead of making up a fucking answer, like <laughs> I will read on some of these things that I see on other media outlets, I'm like, how the fuck do they come up with these answers? <laughs> I have no idea. But we're just going to say I don't know to you. Yep. So, um, all right. First thing uh, comes from Mike Wallace. I don't know if you guys want your names read, but I'm going to say it anyway. So if you, you say something stupid, it's on you. Mike Wallace says, as an intermediate vet, my scariest moments have been casing jumps out of corners. 
Should I swap my 21 YZ250F for a KTM 350? Or will I miss the good suspension too much on the Yamaha? And would the 2324 350 be necessary or would a 2122 old chassis be just fine? You're a vet guy. You're an intermediate. This is yeah. right up your alley. Yeah. You know about jumping out of corners. Yep. And you're 200 bills. Yeah. So I guess my answer to be on that, it's going to be cool to have a little more detail detail on what, right. where he, where his 250F is at and how much more power is he looking for, you know, because if he's riding a stock Well, he didn't give us his weight either, right? Right. So if he's, look, if he's riding a stock 250F, you know, we can definitely increase the power with, you know, a ECU and maybe a, an exhaust system and maybe a gearing change. But, you know, we're just going to spitball that maybe he's kind of pushed – to those areas mm-hmm. and and he's just looking for more so I, i'm gonna say go with 350 so here's what i'll say to you uh who we got here uh mike mike so mike you you have to understand your technique okay so you say you have trouble coming out of corners and clearing jumps is it your balls that need to be dropped yep. or is it your technique that needs worked on right yeah. i would hate to say sure mike Go buy a fucking 350cc motorcycle and just do it. Yeah. I don't know what you ride like, Mike. Yep. I don't, how good are you? Yep. You think you can do it? Your technique is sound? I'm going to say yes. I think a 350 will help you in that direction, but yep. a 350 can also get you in trouble if you're just going to be saying, F it, <laughs> F it. I'm going to jump it anyway. Yep. So, yes, to me, Mike, and I say this to Eddie a lot, the 350 motorcycle is probably the most fun motorcycle that I ride. You say, well, Chris, you don't race it. Well, because when I race, I want the most power I can get so I don't have an excuse, right? right. But if you ask me, Chris, what do you enjoy riding the most? I will always tell you 350cc KTM is really fun. I did do a race a couple months ago on a 350, and it was I probably had more fun ride, racing that race than I have in a, quite a long time. And for me, I don't think I was underpowered that much. And this was at Glen Helen with Hills. So for me, a 350 with an ECU, some good fuel, ETS, MX-18, and a muffler, it's unbelievable how good those things are. You had one mapped. Jamie mapped one for you. Chad at XPR mapped one for me. So a twisted and an XPR Vortex-tuned ECU. You're going to get three to five more horsepower, yeah. some more torque, and it's, it's some of the most fun you'll ever have, and it'll feel like you're 250. Now, the downside, Mike, air fork, we just had this show. It's yep. not that bad if you get it revalved. It's pretty decent, but if you want the maximum feeling, comfort, tire contact, you know, which the next question is going to lead into this, uh, you're going to have to go to a spring conversion, yep. and you're going to spend a little bit more money. So... Depending on where you're at level-wise with racing and how bad you want to jump these jumps, I would say it depends on where you want to go, 350. Yeah. But I would say a 350 is a fairly safe motorcycle to get. Very versatile. Yes. You know. um, a couple things from you guys going from Jap bikes to – can I say Jap? Yeah, it's a Jap bike. Okay, just, people yeah. get mad when I say Jap. Yeah. Uh, it will vibrate a little bit more, the KTM, versus Japanese bikes. And – it, the KTM doesn't have that old school, oh, my God, it feels like a KTM. It's super weird. Like, it feels pretty normal now. Right. Um, but it will vibrate a little bit more and feel a little bit more rigid 
than a 250. Now, to answer your last part of your question, should you get a new frame or an old frame, if you're going to ask me which one do I like better where I live, I prefer old frame versus new frame. But KTM is coming out with a new frame in January with the 24.5 Factory Edition 450 and 250. They're coming out the Factory Edition 250 as well. No 350 Factory Edition, so you will have to wait till the 25 comes out for that frame. And I would love to talk to you about that frame, but I cannot. I will get yelled at, and KTM will never give me bikes again. So just, I'm just going to say this. Be patient. Be patient. It is it is much different than the new chassis that's out right now. And I think the problem, you know, that we could be missteering you in the wrong direction if we told you, yes, go with the old chassis. We and know that engine is nowhere near as good right. as the new Correct. The, the current model one. So, yes, you will gain the stability in the chassis, and, and it'll be a lot more forgiving. But that engine's not going to run as good, so you're going to end up putting more money into ECUs and fuels and pipes. The versus, new engine with that chassis, is it, it's quite a bit more powerful. Yeah, for sure. Especially so, when I had that twisted. I had the, the Husky with that twist. Good Lord, I don't know what Jamie did to that thing, but he's done good. his homework. I think it was fun. That thing had some torque yeah. like you wouldn't believe. Uh, so there's yeah. a build off brewing up. You know that, right? I thought I heard you talking about it yesterday or something. Jamie from Twisted calls me. He wants to have a build off with Chad on the 350, and Chad wants to build my bike more. Yeah. And I was the one holding him back. I was like, no, nah, I don't need it. Yeah, like, yeah, this yeah. is fun. He's like, no, let's go. So we might have a build off and really just hype this thing up like a WWF wrestling match. That'd be <laughs> the fun. good thing is, those two guys get along very well. So. Yeah. Yeah, it it would be you know be, Chad's it, super quiet and Jamie's kind of rowdy. You couldn't <laughs> find two more opposite people for sure, right? Hundred percent. Yeah, it's that would be great. But yeah, Mike, I would steer you in the three fifty direction, and depending on where you're at with the engine is what you know what you should go to. If you can hold off about a year, then I would say try to do that, and then then you'll have the best of both worlds. You get a little bit more of a friendly chassis, and you'll have that nice engine. So the good thing too. To wrap it up on that one mm -hmm. is, uh, you know, KTM, when they do these with their new program, they use these same frames in all three bikes, right? 250, 350, 450 is the same frame. Right. So it's easier with them bringing these factory editions out. Obviously, these frames are already ready to go. So their their timeline where they go from 24 and a half to 25, yeah. it's, it's usually it's about five months. It's, I mean, yeah. if they get, you know, we're usually August it, area, we could see 25 KTMs because the frame's already been developed on the Dude, 24 and a half. May. Yeah. May, you'll have 25 KTMs. Yeah, like, so that's, I feel like a new KTM is coming out every four months. Yeah. So be so basically what, what I'm saying about it is just be patient because yeah. I think I've never seen it, but I've heard some rumor about it, and I, I think that the KTM lovers are going to be very Being happy. in California, if you guys are living on the back, you know, back east, listen to this, or there's a lot of you guys in Europe that listen to the show, uh, we see a lot of this stuff floating around in California and just getting ridden. So it's that's out there. It's been ridden. It's under our nose. I've seen it. So um, next question from Cole Parker. Uh, WP6500 drop-in or KYB conversion? Let me, let me start. Let me, gonna, yeah, you I'm, go. I'm going to bitch for a second. If, when you send someone an email or you, you, know, you go into a, a place of business, do you say hi first? Do you say, hi, how is your day going? Or yeah. do you just say, cheeseburger, fries, cook? I don't know what you do. I, I greet the person I say, first. how you doing? And maybe, how's your day? 
They probably yeah. don't want to talk to me. Most of them are like, yeah, what the fuck do you want? <laughs> yeah, what do you need? Uh, but when you send a, a DM or something, just, hey, Kiefer, how's it going? I know it's just surface yeah. shit, but it, yeah. it is nice. So yeah. anyway, Cole, that's that's my bitch. But yeah. I'm going to answer your question anyway. Yeah. WP6500 drop-in or KYB? This is a question I get asked a lot. You've ridden with both, I would assume? Yes. Okay. Yep. Yeah, I've read, I've read your stuff. <sighs> okay, so tricky for me. I'm going to tell you guys this right now. I don't feel that much difference between the two. The biggest difference, there's a little bit more movement within the KYB conversion. But I will tell you guys this. If you're looking for the Yamaha feel to go inside of your KTM, you will not get that ever. So don't be mistaken by, oh, it's a KYB. I'm putting that inside of my WP outers, and it's going to feel like a Yamaha front. Negative. It's not going to do that. The KYB conversion is meant for, and this is my theory, it's meant for a KYB fork, everything. So the feeling is never going to be quite like a Yamaha fork, no matter what you put inside of your WP outer. Now, let's say you put, okay, Kiefer, I'm bolting the whole KYB front end on my yeah. KTM. Still yeah. not going to feel it. No, it's, it's, it's two it's different a, chassis. It's a whole different thing. So the WP 6500s uses a mid-valve similar to the KYB conversion or almost identical. Um, I've looked at both. I've talked to Mark at REP. Uh, the mid-valve is the important piece to the puzzle for these fork conversions. Right. Am I sold on a cone valve? No. It is better than an air for me if you're pushing, but a cone valve feels a little bit stiffer and more rigid. And that has something to do with the thickness of the tube as well as if you're just putting that conversion into your stock tube. Right. Um, so for me, it's close in price. Think the WP versus the KYB is the WP is a, cheaper. It's cheaper, yes. but like three to four hundred bucks. Yeah, not much. Not much. Um, does the does the sixty five hundred drop in kit use the cone valve piston? No, it doesn't. Doesn't. Okay, because there was some toss up. Some it does time not. So it has okay. a mid valve piston. Okay. It does not use the cone system. Right. So you're getting a different technology versus right. the cone valve fork. Um, now I've tried cone valve air. Yep. Not it's. <laughs> It's not worth it. Yeah. I had that thing at one time, three different air chambers, and that was yeah. out. Then this other one came. I'm like, no, just give me spring. It's spigots coming Looking. all over the place. <laughs> if we're listening to the show, you're listening to the show, you, chances are you're just a normal dude riding a dirt bike. You don't need all that shit. No. You're either going to buy a spring conversion yeah. or you're going to get a cone valve. That's that's what we got. Yep. So for me, I would lean you towards a WP6500. And then, uh, well, not even then, I've ridden with just what WP has. Like, let's say you just ordered it yep. with the spring, you know, rate that you need. It's pretty fucking good. Yep. It's not that far off. Now, if you wanted a little bit more holdup, then I would say, yeah, go to your suspension guy, have him valve it. If he knows WP, I'm going to push you over to Mark just because he's yeah. been there. But no matter what, there's a lot of guys that know WP products. Right. Go to that guy. But maybe just get the conversion with the spring. And enjoy your life because it's not that far off. Right. You have anything to add? Uh, no. I, I think, I mean, like I said, we rode, I rode the 6500 kit on our KTM 450. Your, your thing's moving, yeah. And okay. then I rode the, uh, the, you know, obviously my Husky had the WP stuff on it. Mm -hmm. And, uh, yeah, I mean, it's it, it's pretty close. Yeah. So. So WP 6500 is what we're saying. All right. Yeah. Uh, Anthony Kerr, 2023 plus, so 24. 
YZ450F stock engine with exhaust intake is race fuel, quotations, T4, worth it for a VET AB rider, or will non-ethanol 91 octane or 94 octane with ethanol be good enough for this bike? Really, the question could be relevant for any bike. Is the extra cost of race fuel really worth it? Yes, I know you're one of your sponsors is race gas, but you give straight answers. That's true. Yes. I like this guy because I will. Yeah. Uh, if you have a stock bike, no. Yeah. Run fucking pump gas. Yeah. Only The only time I would tell you to run race gas on a stock bike is like here in California. Our, our, our pump shit. gas is garbage. Yes. So if you care about the longevity of your motor, then... There's a lot of ethanol in our gas here. For sure. And sure. there's water in our gas because yeah. uh, I've had a, a couple fuel pumps seize up yeah. uh, because of condensation. Uh-huh. Not from washing the bike. It's from in our fuel that we get at the pump. Yep. Um, a tip and word of the wise, if you're ever going to a gas station and you see the fuel truck putting in fuel into the ground for the pumps, that's not the time to get fuel. That's the worst time to get fuel because you're getting some of that stuff that's coming from the bottom back up and you're getting the shit end of the fuel. So if you're at the gas station, you see the fuel truck there, go to another fuel station. Yeah, move so, on. Um, I will say this. Clean fuel, such as T4 or like an extra blaze ETS, is better for the longevity of your motorcycle, for valves, gum up, um, things like that. You're a mechanic, Eddie. You know more about this shit than me. But I feel like if you want a longer burning motorcycle and maybe a little bit better running, it's not going to be a huge difference yeah. if you're putting a T4 in, right? Yep. It run a little bit cleaner, maybe a little bit more snap RPM response, but um, it's just better on your engine, just like what Eddie was saying. It yeah. was, it's cleaner. Yep. But if you just have a stock motorcycle, that's what, that's what I'm running. I'm just going to the pump. I'm getting 91 here in California. If yep. you guys have more than that, 94, that's great. Yeah. And run it. The thing I don't understand, I'm not too hip on all this. Why do people, some guys say, I'm running 87. Why? Do you know anything about that? I have no no idea. I mean, I why you would someone. run such a, a low octane? I mean, the higher octane, obviously, is where you're going to increase some of your power, you know, output. But it's... Um, we end up calling... Uh, we'll try to call Jamie here later and see if maybe he knows about that fuel yeah. thing. Uh, I, I know that there was some, you know, like when you go to Mammoth, the high altitude, those guys would always say, oh, just buy 87 octane from the gas station up there because you want a lower octane because of the elevation in the air. Mm-hmm. But down here, you know... Two thousand feet, and yeah, and we're at three thousand. Yeah, and, yeah. So. I mean, I'm the the fuel is. You know what I would like to find out is how much better eighty seven octane is versus ninety one, because you know California is all about hoax. So how much are they really gouging us? You know, because that's true. Here you're paying almost thirty to forty cents more a gallon to go to a ninety one. Is it? Is it? Is it? How much different are we right. talking here? <laughs> that's true. Like we live in a world of lies, right? Yeah. I wonder if we're really getting ninety one. It, yeah, or they like you go to the gas guy and you notice he's got one spout in his truck and he's putting it in every drum in the ground and it's well, if maybe, fuck, yeah, maybe we're just getting eighty seven in everything. Homeboy's like, burning a J jo- bone. Or, or I'm just saying, like maybe we only make eighty seven octane fuel and then we just proclaim that we have you know these eighty nine mm. and ninety one and that that really doesn't exist. All right. I mean, now we're getting into some. Now uh, we're starting conspiracy theories. <laughs> we just went down a hole yeah. this deep. But. Let's go to Netflix with this. <laughs> we should. But uh, yeah, I, I 
I personally like to run race gas just because of my mechanic background. I've seen engines both ways. Well, look, we know you're running race gas. You got <laughs> fucking carbon. You've got yeah, yeah. hubs. The like you're running leaking. You're, yeah, the bike's you, leaking. Your shit. It <laughs> smells good when you walk yeah. by it. Yeah, That's we right. know. We know that. Yeah. Uh, we have Nathan. Um, Nathan, no last name. It's like Madonna. Awesome. Good for you, Nathan. Kiefer, what age would you switch kids from electric to gas? With Stasic, Honda E2, KTM SXE, it seems like young kids certainly have a growth path of avoiding gas bikes. Also, when is Yamaha coming out with a PWE? Seems like they are missing an opportunity in subdivisions and all over the country. Keep up the good work. Thanks, Nathan. Um, so, yeah, little backstory. I'm sure you guys know if you listen to the show. I started Aiden out on an Osset. I don't know if it's Osset or Osset. Anyway, it's a, uh, it's a little electronic trials bike and basically what i wanted to do and we had our son you know obviously you know when when you're a dad you're like oh, i can't wait to have my kid ride and i honestly didn't care if aiden rode or not i take that back i honestly didn't care if aiden raced or not um i he would, was going to ride he was going to ride obviously <laughs> he's going to be around it i would have introduced it to him if he didn't want to i'm not going to freak out um but that was some of the most enjoyable time in my life because I would get home from work. Uh, we set up a little track in our backyard, and we lived in a housing track, right? So there was people right up next to me, right up my ass behind me, all over. And I would go out, water the little track with a garden hose. We stuck little stakes in to make it like a little moto track. And then uh, we, I taught him how to balance on, on, a, on a bike. So he stood up. Uh, when he was four to five years old, that's what he was starting out on. So for me, um, I would say keep your kids on electric so that way they can, when they're young, when they so they can ride more. Um, if you're busy, you're, you have a busy family, and you're constantly doing shit, it's going to be hard for you to take your kid riding all the time. So if you have an electric bike that he can use basic skills, and the bitching thing with the Osset tr uh, Trials bike is – he had to stand. There was no seat. So it forced him to stand up and use his feet to learn how to weight the pegs, where to put his, his feet out on the pegs. And, man, comparative to what I grew up, I watch Aiden ride, and I know that riding styles have changed. I didn't grow up riding those things. I grew up riding an ATC, a fucking PW80, yep. uh, an XR100, yeah. flat-footed as shit, yep. sitting down like... And my dad taught me how to use a clutch around the house, but we also lived on an acre and a half. And right. back then, people weren't pissed off all the time. Yeah, you could ride your bike to the gas station and back to right. get a Coke or whatever. Yeah. So I think for the reason why I did this with Aiden was for safety reasons. Yep. The number one thing for me, all of us that ride and have been on this, listen to the show, that's we've all been hurt. We've all been screwed up from dirt bikes, and that's part of what we accept when we ride these bikes. But when we have our children, it's a different feeling like, oh, my God, like, holy shit, like, my kid's out there. Yeah. could get hurt. We don't think about that with ourselves. So I said, I told Heather, I go, I'm going to put eight on a trials bike. We're going to have fun. I got one for myself, and I rode with him in the backyard, and we set up a little enduro cross course because he liked that a lot back then. We'd go watch him, you know, because Dirt yeah. Rider was a part of that series. So... I'd bring in rocks. We would jack rocks from the sand wash. We would get piles of wood. And then he learned how to go over obstacles all in the backyard. Yep. So now he's picking up all these different skills. So when he was ready for a 
KX65, which what we went to after this, right. we didn't really go to a 50. We had like a CRF 50 like he rode around and I rode right. him around on. But like that was for a little bit. But then he went to a ride to a 65. So we're at eight years old, nine years old. He was on a 65. And man, I couldn't believe how quick he picked it up because he was on that electric bike for yep. three to four years. Yeah, and I think if you watched Aiden, like I obviously as his mechanic and gone in the track a couple of times not riding, if you watch Aiden, he's very technically sound on his feet. Yes. I know we get a, we get mad at him a lot because he likes to push that front end. Yeah. You know, but he's very, very agile yes. on his feet on a motorcycle. Like if, if you could tell him, hey, Aiden, you could ride this whole track on your feet standing up, he would love it. Yeah, you no know, problem. Because he's just, he's very... He knows where his feet are at the every, exactly. Yeah, he's like when he puts his feet on the pegs. I watch him, and he way he weights his pegs. People come up to me and go like, "Hey, man, like, oh, Aiden rides really good. Like, he has good form." I'm like, and I, I just said, "Look, it. I owe it to the trials bike. Yeah, from the backyard. Yep. And it was safe. We had a good time. I, I mean, I had a, I had a good time. That's what I was saying. Yeah. Like some of the best time because we would challenge ourselves. We would do these little drills. Like, hey, go up the stairs, right. and you got to go around the pillar. Come down this." And whoever dabs gets a point, and whoever right. you know. So we would bake bets with each other, and Heather would be out there. Okay, you dab, you got two points. Yeah. So it was fun. <laughs> yeah. So we had a good time. So I would say electric technology. People hate on it, but man, I feel like it's going to keep our children safer yep. in the long run. And and look, I understand what some of you are coming from. We're scared of it because if that's all we have, I'd be pissed off too. Nothing's going to change combustion feeling for me. Yeah. Um. But for me. If people that really want to be active two-wheel parents and a family, electric really does come in handy to introduce our children yep. to the sport without getting scared. I mean, we talk about your girls being scared of yep. their own shadow, right? Yeah. If they were semi into it, electric would be the only way to go because For it sure. doesn't make noise. It's yep. not intimidating. Yeah. So. And you can talk. To, you can communicate yeah. with them while it's the process go. Look. Everyone's freaking out, right? Stark, and now we got the Honda coming. We had the Alta in the back of the day. You're not going to stop the growth of our country going in these directions, whether yep. it's EV or whatever. I mean, AI, I don't know if anybody's paying attention to all this AI that's going on. with. We're always going to continue to go to the next step. That doesn't mean that combustion is going to go bye-bye. Right. Right? I mean, most of us that are talking about this in our lifetime, combustion is going to be here. Right. It's not going away. So instead of bashing the the advancement of our industry, like find where like a lot of the good guys that a lot of the people talk about the spark varg, you know, you live in these cities, you don't want to drive four hours to your local motocross track, but your local parks and rec can put this track in yep. in the city yep. for these e bikes and and allow give these people somewhere to go ride. Right. So I I've, I think most of us that are scared of it are in California because <laughs> we have a fucked up governor right. that's trying to like Tackle kill everything, right? So they want us to go to all electric by 32 yeah. or something like that. So I think some of that is coming from California, but yeah. the 49 state rule still, there's a lot of that still going on. Yeah. So Well, and, and these governors are here for a little period of time. Right. Right? Like he's he's passing laws into 2030 that he might not even be the governor then. Right. So then the next governor comes in and says, no, I'm not for that. And he, guys, just calm down. Relax. Like, it's, try, it's, hard, it. it's hard to be neutral, and that's kind of yeah. where I am with my life in general. Like, I listen to both sides, and then I make my decision. I just don't yeah. freak out, right? Yeah. Um, look, it, 
I like riding two wheels no matter what it is. Right. I mean, Eddie and I talk about this all the time. I'm a boring dude. All I like to do is work, ride my dirt bike, which is work, yep. um, race, and then ride my bicycle. Like, I love two wheels, period. Yep. So you put me on something with two wheels, I smile just as big on an electric bike yeah. as I do on my combustion bike. But sure, if you ask me what I want to go fast on, I want to go yeah. fast on a combustion bike. Correct. So there is a good tool here for the electric technology to keep our kids safe. So yep. that's the long answer here. Yeah. Um, all right, Wes. Um, Wes is really abrupt here. I want to hear about rear wheel axle placement in the swing arm and do teams shorten chain for less distance or <laughs> run longer chain for longer wheel bases. Eddie, sure. go ahead. You, you could you've been go, part of that. Yeah, you could go. There's so did, a lot. There's you measure, a lot. Did you have a measurement in, yeah. in books when you're on teams? Yep. What was the measurement back then? Do you remember? I don't remember. I mean, we're talking 12, 12 yeah. years ago. But yeah, no, there was. There was. I know at Kawasaki when I was helping RV. Uh, when PC was doing the stuff and amateur stuff, we, you know, Bones had given us an axle placement and that's where we stayed. You had a small window. When you got past that window, you got rid of that chain or sprocket or whatever it was and get mm -hmm. back in that window. So I know at the factory level, yes, it's, it's very important. At our local level, you know, like me as just a racer, you know, obviously we don't want to be throwing chains away that we still think are good, but we're not where we feel. So I think there's a lot there you know you can change the way a motorcycle feels by having that wheel all the way up yep. versus all the way back so um you True. know and you see all this stuff with 14 tooth counters now you see a lot of people around 14 tooth counters with 52 two spurs because it gets the chain off the pivot yep. of the motorcycle it gives the chassis a better feel so for me i try to stay neutral um i try to stay you know if the axle block is say 15 millimeters uh, the whole cutout is 15 millimeters, which I've noticed on the newer bikes. If you look at your old swing arms, those holes were pretty small. Mm -hmm. They weren't, you know, oval. Talk about the axle? Yeah, so where the axle goes through, yeah. you know, you'd say you'd have 10 millimeters to slide that wheel forward and back. Yeah. Yep. On my 24 Yamaha, that thing is massive. Okay. I mean, you could go, I could go two links forward and three links back in okay. the chain. I mean, there is a lot of room for movement there. So... Um, right now, like in my Yamaha, it's pushed forward because I put that 50 tooth on and I use the stock chain. Mm -hmm. I'm going to go to a 49, bring it back. But, I mean, you could test more to the testing side of it, but it it is, there's a lot. I mean, there's for stability and keeping the front wheel on the ground and straight line stability. Right. You know, yes. So there's, there's like you guys are talking, you guys hit me up about, oh, Kiefer, my, I can't corner, I need more stability. You can get some of that. With where, let's say you buy some new sprockets, you buy a new chain, yeah. and then you go to lay your chain on. So I always buy a 120-link chain. So this solves a lot of some of your guys' issues. So you guys go to the T on the links of what your gearing is, and then you buy that chain. And then you don't know, have a lot of room, right? Because, you know, let's say a, a YZ450 takes a 114-link chain for the yep. 1349 gearing that it comes with. Yep. Um, so what I do is I buy 120-link. That way, it's the max link I have, and I can cut that to my desired right. gearing choice. If you want a little bit more of a front-end steering bias, make that wheelbase shorter. If you want a little bit more stability, you can make that longer. And sometimes, I'm saying every time, you can do that by making your chain length longer. Yep. Sometimes you're kind of in between, and they do make half links. Have you seen those? Uh-uh. So they're still out there. They're not very popular, but they do. DID had a half link where you, 
if you were like, oh, man, I got to cut my chain. But if I do it here, I'm way back. But if I don't, I'm way forward. Right. So the half link kind of helps you get in that middle ground. Right. What I do, and yes, I've measured things before. There was some mag- magic numbers, especially on the KTM and Husqvarna's on the old chassis, was 595 millimeters and to 602. And if you were in that range, it was really, really good. Right. So, and then that was a special range. It wasn't like you could just cut a chain to your stock gearing and that's what you got. It was actually a little bit longer. Okay. And I remember me and Filthy Phil talking about this because he called me when he was on the Rockstar Husqvarna team. He's like, hey, why are you running your wheel? And I told him, he's like, holy shit, dude. Like, it's way better. Like, <laughs> unbelievable. Yeah. So depends how picky you are, for one, and if you yeah. can actually feel it. If you can't, if you're just riding, who cares? Yeah. Do the stock gearing or whatever gearing you have. Cut it. Try to be in the middle. Is yep. what I would say. If you have those lines on your swing arm, yep. try to be somewhere in the middle. Yep. And then don't forget, like let's say your your wheel is pushed forward and you cut your chain, your chain is going to stretch. Yep. So you're going to get five milli yeah. at Al- least. Almost another line on the swing arm back. Yeah. So you're going to get five to seven millimeters longer as your chain stretches depending yep. on what chain you're running. Yeah. Um, so I don't know if most of you should be like really concerned about measurements unless you're a techie yep. geek like I am or Eddie, but or super sensitive. Yeah. So but easiest way, if you don't want to change clamps, you don't want to raise your fork height, or you've done that and you still need some more, you know, uh rear wheel attraction or you need more front end biased, cut your chain, move your rear forward or back, and that will help you accordingly. So, but I will guarantee you every one of those factory teams in the paddock has a, a number. They have a number. If, okay, for 100%. example, Star Racing. I can't give the number out, but there is a number. Yep. And if you guys want to be really detectives, uh, Vital is a great place to be a detective. So if you watch the race on the weekends and then Vital throws up uh, pit bits, and most of the time, Michael Lindsay is really good at this. He's a geek. He's a techie guy like that. He will take pictures of certain things, and sometimes he gets himself in trouble because he gets too close <laughs> to some things. But God bless the guy because yeah. he's he's there for us, us yep. idiots that love this kind of shit. Uh, dude, Star Racing's rear wheel is fucking so far back. I was going to say. It's unbelievable. So what they do is they get an extra, um, what I like to say, like a chain block that's thicker so they can run that axle farther back. So you might see the axle block a little bit thicker than normal, but yep. you'll see that fucking axle. It'll be back. That it's axle back. block could be 10 milli thick. Yeah. And then they're just getting some of that length there. Yeah, um, I know I know. Pro Circuit, the Pro Circuit Cowie axle blocks are the same way. If you look at like the ones fat. that, even the ones that I have on Aiden's bike, yeah. where I have the wheel, like I barely, I can barely get the, the 10 and yeah. the 12 on there to tighten it because the axle block's so thick in the front. And, and some can, axle blocks are reversible. Yep. Some have a thicker end, some have a a smaller end. Go both ways. Yeah, so go both ways, like you. That's right. (laughs) Uh, Hey, before we continue on with these questions, we're going to take a quick commercial break. Stay tuned, just like we talked about on the top of the show. Listen to them. There's some new commercials within these these shows now. I recorded some new ones and some new um, discount codes. So check them out. We'll be right back. ScreenPrintingDone.com. My dream is the world's most powerful t-shirt. Do you want to look good, but you ain't got the money? Trying to get some t-shirts made? Yeah, Go to ScreenPrintingDone.com. This is a t-shirt. You can get anything you want on that t-shirt. I'm about to show you guys how y'all can look fly. Your business name. That's my business. Your kid's name. Oh, Billy. Your favorite phrase, like, let's go, buddy. 
or free jailbirds. I agree. Anything at all. Screenprintingdone.com. T-shirt printing business. Mention Kiefer on your next order and get 10 free T-shirts. That's what I'm talking about! Screenprintingdone.com. It's tough these days to figure out what oil you want to run. There is so many out there. But just let you guys know what we run over here, Blood Lubricants. We run specifically 1040, and we go back and forth from the Pro Series oil and the Scorpion Blood 1040. That is the weight we run in all of our test bikes here in Southern California, and they have been wonderful company to deal with. They've been great for our engines, and we have had zero engine failures with Blood Lubricants. So if you're looking for some good oil, some good lubricants, Go visit them, bloodlubricants.com. Use the code KEFER at checkout to save 25% off for a case of oil. That is huge. And they have all different kinds of lubricants, uh, suspension oils, motor oils, all different kinds of stuff over there on bloodlubricants.com. So go visit them. Use that keyword KEFER at checkout and save some dough. Ride-engineering.com. You guys want to get some clamps, some bar mounts, some chain blocks, uh, brake calipers. Adrian over there at Ride Engineering has a lot of quality parts. And if you use the code KT20, that'll save you 20% off what he offers over there. So that's ride-engineering.com. And he is not only the guy who tests the parts. I mean, I help him as well. But he also has an engineering degree. Holy crap. So go check him out, ride-engineering.com. Use the code KT20 to save some money. Experience pure performance and exhilarating power with the all-new 2024 Yamaha YZ250F. The 2024 YZ250F is narrower, more compact, and lighter. Built to do one thing, go faster and make you a better rider. The 2024 YZ250F delivers more for 2024. New front and rear brakes, updated suspension settings, and aggressive styling. Take precision tunability to the next level with the Yamaha exclusive industry-only free power tuner app. And guess what? You know where to get those? Power Motorsports. Find your YZ and enter the victory zone at Power Motorsports. Get your new Yamaha from the number one Yamaha dealership in the USA. The pros at Power Motorsports in Sublimity, Oregon. Let them know you heard it here on the Kiefer Tested Podcast. Call 503-769-8888 and ask for the power price. The Kiefer Tested Power Price. I don't care where you're at in the USA, Maine, California, Florida, Washington, wherever you are, visit them, powermotorsports.com. Dress properly for your ride with a helmet, eye protection, riding jacket, or long sleeve shirt, long pants, gloves, and boots. You know what to do. Do not drink and ride. It is illegal and dangerous. Yeah, you guys know that time punishes you if you're not on top of your game. Look, I'm a competitive guy at 45. My kid is 15, and he is right on me every time we go out to the track. But you know what? You know what takes the guesswork out of who's the king for the day, who gets to talk trash on the way home? That's right. You can measure your lap times. You can reach your full potential. And, of course, you'll never guess where you're gaining or losing time. Go to litprolive.com. You can email me, chris, at keferinktesting.com for a discount code on one of their GPS receivers. 
Getting started is super easy with LipPro. Pick a GPS receiver, download the app, and add a subscription, and then you're on your way to improve your lap times, get a better result as your, you know, than your buddy. That's right, because there's nothing better than bragging rights when you're on your way home. You throw your guy a text, who got the best of you, baby? That's right, I did. And you want to know how to do it? LipPro. Aiden and I have been on this for about a year now. Super easy to use. Look, I am not a tech-savvy guy, and LitPro is super easy for me and Aiden to navigate, and uh, I think it would be a great benefit to you guys out there. So hit me up, chris at keyforinktesting.com. Go to LitPro Live. You guys want to see anything related to how to keep time, how to improve your lap times, what section you want to improve on, all those things and more over on LitProLive.com. You like to go ride? Are you over the age of 30 like myself? Well, guess what? There's an association where you can go racing, and you have a great time. Five motos over the complete weekend. You can go to oldtimersmx.com, but they're going to change their name to International Vet Motocross Series. You can check them out here very soon. But several races over several months all over the western United States. going to be a fun time. And let me tell you guys, I just went racing last week, and it is a great time. If you haven't been out racing in quite some time and you're an older gentleman or a lady they have plenty classes for you there's people out there that enjoy riding and racing dirt bikes just like yourself but hey you got to go do it you got to go check them out right now go to oldtimersmx.com but again we're going to change our name up to ivmx international vet motocross association so go look for them and if you have any questions about the series hit me up chris at keyforinktesting.com and we'll get you out there and having some fun and get some gate drops. All right, we're back. Thanks for hanging tight. Wasn't so bad. About not about five and a half minutes of your life. Yeah. Pretty quick. Um, all right, we got another question here. Uh, Cole Houter is, hold on, what is he saying? He's wanting to know, what is the most stable bike you've ever raced in the desert? I mean, you've raced desert, haven't you, back in the day? Yeah. I mean, <laughs> What's the most stable bike? <laughs> I mean, you're back in two-stroke days. I, I I loved my, I want to say to the state, my best motorcycle was my 97 kicks, 125. Right. Well, let's just say Cowies because they've always been that way. With my RPM big bore kit. RPM? <laughs> yep. What's an RPM? RPM big bore 167. That's Never Rick, heard of him. Rick Peterson. He's the oh, one. Rick Peterson. Yeah yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, his company name technically was RPM. Okay. But yeah, he built me a KX 167. With an FMF fatty on that bad boy. Really? That bike was so good. I wish we could, uh, man, I wonder if I should cold call Destry. Uh, let's just, he had a, a bunch of them. Like he oh, could yeah. But for me, uh, mine, I actually got to ride Ricky Brabeck's old X, 450X race bike. And that thing was freaking amazing. Like that thing was stable. What it year? Was, what year are we talking? You think? Ah, uh, two thousand eighteen. Oh, okay. So, so recently, so kind of recent. Yeah, because I, I, you know, two thousand five, six Honda ish. Call industry, see if he's. We're just cold calling a bunch of people on the show today. So, if they answer, if they do, great. If they don't, then they don't. But, um, Ricky's bike was was really stable. Um, it actually, for a Honda, you think, ah, oh, there's no way a Honda's not stable. Like, but this thing was planted, and then they changed the frame, and a lot of these guys ran the old frame right. before. Uh, he didn't answer. So, but yeah, for me, I just think uh, K 
Cowies are always good because yep. they have the best frame feeling. And yeah. I don't know how many years I was testing for Honda where the Kawasaki was, I mean, that was the baseline bike. Yeah. Our frame had to be as good, you know, and we never achieved it. Yeah. But we can corner better. We still see it, you know. We yeah. still see some of these manufacturers out. We know who the testing R&D people are, and we yeah. still see Cowie 250F sitting, being tested, and Cowie 450s being tested. So. Oh, hold on. Here we go. Destry Abbott. Chris Kiefer, what's up, buddy? Oh, I'm, you're live on my show right now. We're trying to call you because we have a burning question <laughs> for you. Oh, that's a little scary. Keep the swear words down, Destry. Okay. No, don't do that because I say it a lot anyways. Don't worry about it. Yeah. Uh, okay, so this guy writes in, Cole Howder, what is the most stable off-road bike you've ever ridden? And, of course, you have many, many years out in the desert, and this kid races desert. So he wants to know, what was the most stable, best bike you've ever ridden? I know uh, most people would want me to say the KX500, but that was kind of like uh, a shopping cart with a really fast motor, so that wasn't the most stable. <laughs> it was that that <laughs> was that twitchy. It was so twitchy. Really, really, people think it's like. I mean, it wouldn't turn well, so that definitely had it, it its advantages for going fast. But yeah. I still don't know if I would call it stable. I would still go back to uh, the old Kawe four strokes. To be honest with you, you know, the older ones I think are even. I haven't ridden a new Kawe four stroke, but. Yeah. The older Kali four strokes were uh, pretty good and fast stuff, sand, super stable. So, so even be, like your, your so four fifty over a five hundred, four fifty was way more planted. Yeah, as as much as people hate when I say it, it is definitely accurate. <laughs> You're so. a traitor, Destry. <laughs> Fucking exactly. two strokes the rule. Te <laughs> technology is just so much better with the four fifties than they were. If the five hundred had more R and D, I think it it was a great motor, but just wasn't a fantastic bike as far as cornering or even, I mean, they just were really fast on easy, smoother stuff, but across the desert, man, they were, they were work for sure. Uh, what was the, the best bike you've ever ridden? Like your best race bike, what year was that? Uh, I think it would probably be 2011, 2012 with factory KT or Kali, I should say. Yeah. We had a, a 514, so we had a special motor. Ooh. It was Taylor, Robert, myself, and we had a couple, another guy. I can't remember who my third teammate. And uh, the motor was just so good. You know, it was just easy to ride. It wasn't a big rever. It was just you could be a gear high, not have to use the clutch much. The bike was, was it, pretty damn. Was it five or six? Gear speed? Yeah. Five. five. Yeah. Okay. I know KTM has a six speed, but it was a pretty good motor. Like, it was just, man, it was so good. It was just easy to ride and. I mean, it was definitely starts were awesome. It had a long rod, and you know, it was just a different motor than uh, what they race now. So, I'm telling you, like, best moments of my life is watching, you know, going out in the desert and watching, you know, guys like Hamill, Ashcraft, Smith, all these guys just hauling ass in the desert. Yeah. And to me, like, I don't remember a lot from my childhood destry, but one thing I do vividly remember: I was really young on my dad's shoulders in the middle of a valley. And just listening from Hamill when he came down off a, yes. off a mountain, he was fucking taped all the way to the valley, and I never heard him chop, and I was so small, and I still remember that to this day. I, I'm with you 100%, and that's what, you know, I've kind of raced everything, but off-road, and Danny was my idol. You yeah. know, we were uh, close to the same age, but, man, that guy was just on another level. You know, it's he made it look easy. And, he you did. know, it's like any professional at any level – makes it look easier than what it does it is and that's basically what danny was to me he just was like dude we don't have anything for him so 
uh, unreal. Yeah, like, and he was bad, always so yeah. far forward on the bike. Oh, he was just, he was 240 probably. He was a big boy, but he just, he was a finesse rider, just knew how to ride the bike mm-hmm. the right way and just didn't use a lot of energy. And he used his weight to his advantage for sure. Now, not to make this a long thing about off-road racing, but is there something to hey, that? Keeper, <laughs> I love off-road racing, dude. I'm stoked <laughs> to hear you talking about off-road racing. I am too. Like, honestly, I should do more of it because that's where my heart is. Like, I love it. It's so great, you know? But yeah. um, is there something to that? Like, you look at a lot of the past national hair and hound champions, and at least back here in the West side of things, they're bigger dudes. Yes. There's very, like, Taylor was, like, not, he yeah. was, like, the first one that wasn't big. I would agree with that. And that was, I was, that's who came to mind when, as soon as you were talking about big guys, and I think, you know, that's pretty accurate. I definitely would agree with that. You know, even look at Baylor, you know, back East, like right. he's a big boy and boy can go fast. Like guy through the woods is unbelievable. And he sits more than, you know, standing, I'm big stand up guy. You know, I think standing is the way to go, but that boy can, uh, that boy can go fast. So do you think it's just because of longer races, you need more meat on your bones or is it because of like, it helps the bike feel planted better when you're a bigger dude? Yeah, I think it's, it's definitely the planted feel, yeah. you know, I don't see the big dudes on Supercross. you know, maybe taller, but not like built, you know, we're like a little heavier, I should say, right. It's a safe way to put it, but you know, it's, I don't know. They're, they're really good at finessing the bike, even though they're bigger guys. Yeah, it's, it's, I mean, when back our buddy Gary Sutherland, he was a hair and hound champion. He was a big dude. Right. And like, and, and I look back and Hamill and Smith was a big guy. And you look at, yep. um, uh, all the Pearsons, the Pearsons were big. Yep. Dave, yep. Yeah. Destry and Destry, you're, you weren't a small, you were a smaller stature, but you were built like a, you know, you're, you're a fucking linebacker, right? Yeah. I was 200 pounds, pretty much 195, 200 most of my career. Yeah. But I was always trying to be smooth, you know, but, like I said, I think there's riders that were fitter and they look lean and, but honestly, in the long run, I just had more energy than they did. I don't know if that's just riding style, but line choices, all that. But I definitely uh, felt like endurance long races were my advantage. Yeah. Yeah. I just remember you shredding out in the Valley. I'm like, God dang. Yeah. Unbelievable. So, uh, I don't know if I miss those days, by the way, those, those days scare me. Now I look back and no cakes, 500 days. And even I'm like, I, I can't imagine fifth, sixth gear across the desert anymore. I'm I like, just don't understand how you dudes went so fast in the dust. I never could understand it. I, I you, I, I'm out. Like I'm my throttles out. Like I'm not going anywhere. Chris, we didn't, that's, I get that question a lot. How'd you guys pin it to the dust? I really didn't. It wasn't, that's not where really, you know, it's like, yeah, I really, that's not where we'd go fast. It was just being smarter, I think, and line choices and, you know, and technical stuff separates riders, just like motocross, supercross, the, the more technical it is, the better riders shine versus the easier races. And I don't know, I, I don't, I never really was a hanging out kind of rider and through the dust. I, I didn't. I, I wouldn't do it. So starts were always important to put myself in the right area, the right place. But that's what I'm saying. Like the ballsy, like the, to me, I've yes. raced these things and the bomb is the scare. I mean, I've never oh. been so nervous in my life and I've raced supercross. I've raised nationals yep. being on the bomb run on a start. I want to yeah. throw up. People talk about 20 riders or 40 riders, which don't get me wrong. I raced outdoors and I'm like, it's gnarly. But when you're starting with a couple hundred on the same row Dude. and you're going for this one line and you're, Pretty much for the first mile or two, you don't chop. Like you better not chop if you want to be up front. And for those people that don't, just, for those people that don't understand a bomb run, what Destry's talking about, go watch some Kurt Caselli GoPro videos. 
Yes. Un- There's a good one of Kurt and I actually. Is there? Wide open, literally. Kurt's wearing the GoPro, and I was right in front of him, and then he passed me on the road. But it, I look back at those videos, and I'm like, no, I, I was just too dumb or whatever. I don't think I realized how gnarly it was Serious. until now. It looks like you guys are racing sped up, like if someone just put the fast-forward yes. button on. Yes. Yeah, that's crazy. Yeah. But yeah. you get used to it, yeah. Yeah, I guess that's the thing, too, getting your eyes adjusted to all that shit. Right, road yeah. racing, all that, yeah. Yeah. Well, Destry, I appreciate you uh, answering my cold call. Yeah, no worries, Chris. It's good hearing from you, buddy. Uh, maybe Vet National sometime soon, Destry? I, I really, I really, actually, I'm really working on Loretta Lynn's next oh, year. Oh, shit. I'm, I'm in the 50 class, so... Let's go. Yeah. yeah. Are you not 50 yet? No. That's what, okay. According that's to Gary, I'm 58. According to Gary, you're fucking old. <laughs> yeah, but. Are you seriously You're good. seriously going to try to do it? Yeah, no, 100%. Well, and I, I say 100%. It depends on how my wife's doing and all that. Yep. So, yeah, so that's that's the big factor. But I do want to go moto again. And that's awesome. I ride a lot. just got done riding right now and still loving it. Good. I love to hear that. Well, then, there you go. So, people, that's another guy we can actually have fun watching uh <laughs> next year i like it because all these older dudes that are badasses are coming back to race which is awesome it's cool yeah for sure we just don't train like brownie Jesus, brownie's got, still wide open i gotta race that some bitch on saturday god dang yeah I'm that's there. right good luck at glenn helen this week and to all the everybody too that's awesome i yeah. love that i've done that a couple times yeah you're not missing much des yeah you're, you're good no it's cool De- loretta's is the is the better choice yeah that's what i want to do again well, all right. Well, tell the family hi. We miss you, and thanks for answering Appreciate the call. It. All right, buddy. Thank you. See you, Des. See you later. Destry Abbott, everybody. That's cool. He answered. He called back. He's always been one of my favorite off-road guys. Really cool family. and Yeah. Charlotte and, yeah, good family. So, all right. So, hopefully that answers your uh, your 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 question there. That was a long-winded answer. This show might be long, Eddie. You in let's, for it? Yeah, you need another twist of tea? <laughs> I'm good. Okay. Let's ride it out. All right. Here's another one. My son has a 23YZ250F. It's got 32 hours on it. I want to replace the cam chain, Edward. 32 hours and the cam chain is still going? That's what I'm saying. What all parts do you, this is what he says. I'm just reading what he says. What all parts do you recommend that I do along with the cam chain? And also, do you recommend OEM or is there a better aftermarket? There is no aftermarket cam chain. No. You got to get an OEM. Yeah. I mean, there is aftermarket cam chains, but please put Please put OEM. I'm going to let Eddie answer this because he's a mechanic. But before Eddie answers, I'm going to say everything that Eddie's about to say depends on how your kid rides. Yes. If he's a rever, if he's chill, but no matter what, yes, 23 and older cam chains need to be replaced anywhere between 20 to 30 hours. Don't yell at me. Yeah. It's just safety. Go yeah. ahead. Yeah, I w- I've done a couple, and that's the only reason. I, you know, I helped Joe, Olaf, and Liam do a couple cam chains, and I can tell you I would be – more aggressive on the cam chain than the 20 to 30 hours, depending on how your kid rides. You know, if he's a rever and he say he's a B level guy and he's aggressive and you guys are riding a lot, then I would go more. I, w- I would go close to the 15 hour mark. Okay. Just because I seen one happen to Liam at about 15 hours and I saw the damage it did when it broke. Yeah. And you don't want to go down that road. Right. So, be aggressive. They're not, that, they're not that difficult to change, right? No. I mean, unfortunately, you do. Um, so the flywheel has to come off. So you take the, the ignition cover off flywheel comes off. That gets you to the cam chain on the bottom of the gear. And then, um, you do have to pull the, um, cam chain guides. You'll have mm-hmm. to pull one of those out, which means the head, the head does have to come off. So it, it is, it is a lot of work. So that's why I'm going to say at a 32 hour mark, 
you might as well put a top end in the bike while you're there. Right. Because the, the, the head, I haven't seen it been able to be done without pulling the head off because you got to get oh, by. I know you had to do all that. Yeah, okay. you got to get by that one cam chain tensioner that's, I don't think, it has to come up and out to be able to get the cam chain off the gear. So, so what else did he do? I would just do a top end. Just do piss and rings. You might as well do it while you're there. Valves I mean, are okay? Yeah, your valves are probably fine. I would just check your valve clearances, make sure if everything's within, you know, parameter from factory Yamaha's spec, mm-hmm. then I would, you know, I say you're you're good to fly. I mean, if you have one that's like wide open or one that's super tight, you know, most of those, I want to say they're going to range from like 5,000 to 11,000, I think, on that Yamaha between intake and exhaust. If, say, you have one sitting at two thousands and the other ones at five thousands is like right they're suspect or some that they should go up and down together so i would you know check your valve clearance more than likely on a yamaha it's going to be fine yep put it put a piston if the piston looks good and, and you're you're good on your oil changes good on your filter changes the piston looks good put a set of rings on it you're you're the cylinder's coming off you need or the head's coming off you need a base gasket a head gasket no matter what so you might as well use your time wisely and make it worth your while so okay. cam chain, head gasket. Safety first. Yeah, a hundred percent. That's your kid, man. Like I said, I seen the one that that happened to Liam, and and uh, yeah, Look I mean it. It, it took it took uh, both intake valves, piston, cylinder. <laughs> I mean it, it, we're talking big money. And that kid gets free parts. Yep. You ain't getting free parts. No. And I've had one rod go through on me in the air. That's yep. not fun. Yep. Aiden's rod went through on his Kawasaki a couple years ago. Yep. Luckily, when he when he landed, it happened. Yep. But that shit scares the shit out of me. So, yeah. yes, people, four strokes are a pain in the ass at times. You know, you want a reliable one. It's tough. It's like a yep. car. Two strokes are fun, but not as fun to ride for me, at least. But yes, it does take some money to uh, rebuild. Yeah, especially if you got a kid that loves to rev and they want to do insta bangers <laughs> and all the shit that we see out there on the tracks. Yeah, now. I I love what people tell me. God, four strokes are so expensive to maintain. I always tell them you should see how expensive they are to rebuild. Yeah. So spend the money to maintain because you don't right. want to get to the rebuild tab. Correct. I mean, you if you have to rebuild a 250F, just a standard 250F rebuild, say the rod breaks, you're at 2500 bucks. I don't care where you go, what you do. I mean, I'll price them out on Rocky Mountain ATV all the time. Uh, I had to spend $700 in valves for Aiden. That's what I'm saying. Like you, you, you look, serious? You look at these motors and, you, like, Rocky Mountain ATV is where I buy all my parts, yes. not because Good it's sponsored the show, but – they have everything in stock, and they seem to have the best pricing. Yes. And it's easy. Like, you click on the it's part. Easy. They tell you if it's in stock, if Dude, it's out of stock, and boom, it shows what's up. Wrong, what's wrong with our buddy, Dave? What's wrong with him? Why doesn't he do it? Dave, I know you're going to listen to this at some point. I, honestly. He doesn't do it enough. I, I think I, I'm I'm spitballing. I don't okay. know. All right. I think he probably gets a fireman discount over at oh our local shop. God. So there he gets go. a little bit of money off. The guy helps him out a little bit. <sighs> Hey Rocky Mountain, can we get a, a first responder discount, please? I'm sure. I bet you they probably have something for first responders. If I don't know about it, please inform me. Yeah, we'd love a first responder. Yeah, we need uh, head up uh, armed. You know, forces, yeah. whatever. Yeah. Let's get them a discount. I bet. I bet you they have something. Tra- Travis, Travis Brock, if you're listening to this. I think you're involved in that. Now. Yeah, yeah, Travis, right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Help us out. Uh, there is a qu- <laughs> please. I don't know if we should answer this. This is not a good question. I mean, it's a great question, but. I know I get I get so conflicted because I want to ask this because it's a, it's a mystery to me, but it's not kid friendly. It's an after dark question, uh, and I get these from time to time. Yeah. Uh, and I, I want to read it, but I'm going to skip it. 
Okay. It hurts me to do this. We'll save it for uh, after dark. This He wants to talk about a woman and the anatomy of a woman. Okay? I'm going to try to see if you can guess. It's like he wants to talk to a, about an anatomy of a woman and when it when it feels the best, what happens when it feels the best? You know what happens? Yep. That, that moment, what is it uh, for a woman? Unlike what we know what it is for us. Yeah. But what is it for a woman? You know, you know what you should do? Research it more. Let's get Heather involved in this. She wouldn't do it. She's, like, <laughs> she's mad at me from the snoring from the last show. I yeah, my wife was mad at oh, she you. She was mad at me, but she was mad at you for posting. <laughs> I got I got like, a permission. You guys stick together. <laughs> it's permission. Yeah, yeah, it doesn't matter. Women stick yeah. together. I'm a dick no matter what. Yeah, I mean, it, I guess that would be a really hard question for us to answer if we didn't do some research on it, right? I'd love to answer it. Like I we wish, know, we see, know when it like happens. Like a Destry, like we knew about off road, we call Destry. Yeah. I don't have someone on yeah. my phone that I could call and talk about that. Yeah, it's too bad. Yeah. So, person out there, um, I'm sorry, we're not going to get to that question, but maybe we're going to do a coffee with the Kiefers. Heather and I were talking about this the other day. Yeah, uh, we found someone that would sponsor the show, so we have a lot of content that we could talk about because uh, minus the snoring. And people and go to back on the snoring thing. Everyone calm down. <laughs> it wasn't as dickish as you think it was. Like yeah. you think I'm stupid, I'm not gonna I'm just gonna throw it on there without having Heather know about it. Like she knows about it. Like she, and yeah. Heather and I, she doesn't really care. Like whatever. Yeah, like, she's pretty We're pretty open family yeah. here. Just relax. Everyone snores. <laughs> yeah. No one I got so many emails. Oh dude. One was like you're fucked up. That's bullshit. And the other was like, dude, I think there's a problem with Heather. You should get her a CPAP or something. Oh, oh my God. She was sick. She, had she was just coming off of that yeah, head She cold. was snoring a little bit last night, too. Yeah, but she's still coming off of it. I mean, she probably it's has- too long to be sick. She can't be sick that long. We just had all these winds. Maybe she got some allergies. Mm. Um, think positive, Chris. This is a long one. It's the question long. or the Alex show? Nicole. Hey, Chris. I saw your post about sending DMs for the Rocky Mountain Keeper Tested Show. I just bought a brand new 23KX450SR, and I couldn't be more excited because I'm getting back into riding after a few years and settled on the Cowie after watching a few of your reviews. Long story short, I just broke the bike in at a local track and meticulously followed the recommended break-in periods to make sure I did things right. I just did my first oil change and noticed quite a bit of sediment in the oil filter and in the filter housing in the engine. Is this normal for the first oil change? It's been so long since I've broken in the new bike, and this is my first fuel-injected motorcycle, so I wanted to make sure this isn't something I should be concerned about. I did have a tip over coming out of a corner in a whooped-out section, but surely this wouldn't have anything to do with that, right? Thanks for all you do. I really appreciate it, and we have fun listening to your shows. Thank you, Alex. So go ahead there. Alex, this one's easy. You're good. You're fine. Yeah. It, usually you'll get... You're just breaking in the gears. And yeah, yeah, you'll get that. And then sometimes don't freak out if you see just a, like a little bit of uh, kind of rubbery gasket material. Um, that They use a liquid center case gasket. And sometimes that'll get on the inside of the engine. That's what those filters are there for, especially the one on the bottom under the counter shaft. So yep. you're good. Okay. Easy yeah. peasy. Yep. Uh, CT118 on Instagram, top five hidden tricks, tips, 2324, YZ450, like your washer clamp trick. Things to watch out for, not clutch related. <laughs> your maintenance intervals, blah, blah, blah. Okay, thank you, CT118. Like, So that is up on my site. There yep. is top five mods to do to your 2324, YZ450. That is up there. Um, there isn't really anything trick related besides that washer uh, I've got a lot of you that tried that spacer on your 
triple clamps, and you guys had great results with it, so that's really good news. I met a couple guys at the track last week that had them on, and they were amazed with it. So, yes, it does work. So that Luxon guy can uh, uh, suck beep, it. Beep, yeah, beep, yeah. Beep. Um, but nonetheless, um, yes, it does have a different feeling. Maybe on paper it shouldn't, yeah. but it does. Um, but otherwise, nothing really. I mean, you have one now. You got our test bike. You've yep. been blessed with the YZ450 yep. for this year. You're not changing. Nope. We're not going anywhere else, right? We're not going anything else, correct, Edward? <sighs> we got to... We're going to have a rough day coming up here, but yeah, no, I'm happy with my bike. I'm really um, happy with it. I change my oil every two engine hours. This is excessive to some of you, but just like what Eddie said, precautionary. It just, I use the clutch a lot. I'm going to yep. clutch abuser, so why not change the oil? Um, and for me, the sliders and the chain guides are pretty good on these. Um, Probably the best in the industry, I yep, would say. Yeah, really good. Um Brake pads are good. Wheels are excellent. Man, the yeah. wheels are fucking great. So if you guys want to, I'm not trying to knock a W or anybody, but the stock wheel sets are really good, and they sell complete wheel sets yep. out of the Yamaha Parts OEM uh, Microfish. Yeah. Um, past that, man, I would just keep an eye on your clutches. Even some of you guys clutch rubbers that are in there. Yep. Um, nothing really hidden. Yeah. It's It's a solid motorcycle as far as durability goes. Um, Jacob King, what would cause a shock reservoir to be hot, hot enough to slowly melt my pants? I I know I'm what, lost too, dude. Did he give us a bike? What bike is it? I know no bike. Yeah. I, I just said, that's a weird question. That's what I put. Yeah. I've never, tough. I mean, it, the reservoir hot. is hot because your shock is moving and yeah. working. Right. So the reservoir is correct. Like it's, you can't touch it. 120, 130 degrees. You can't touch it. Yeah. It's hot. Uh, and also, just a little tip here: you can't check your sag when your shock is hot. You yeah. gotta wait till it's fully cooled down, or do it yeah. before you go out. Don't check it when it's hot because you will get a higher reading. Yes. Than normal, yeah. if it's hot. Yeah. Don't bleed your forks either when they're but hot. I, 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 and you sh <laughs> here's my thing about this, Jacob. Are you sure it's the reservoir burning your pants? You sure it's not the pipe? Yeah. Because the pipe is right underneath the reservoir. Yeah. You sure you're not hitting the pipe? I've never seen pants get burned, and I don't know what pants you're wearing unless you have some shitty pants. Yeah. FXRRacing.com. FXR yep. That's what you should do. Yeah. Um, I don't know what to tell you, dude. Do you know? Yeah. No, I, I yeah. I've, I mean, I, hey, the only thing I can say is, uh, you know, either email me or Chris and give us some more details. Like, what kind of bike are we talking here? I mean, this could be an ATK. <laughs> email Eddie. Don't email me. Yeah. Yeah. Email. I don't care. I, I, some of these I like. So, yeah. Eddie you know, at KieferInkTesting.com. E-D-D-I-E at yeah. KieferInkTesting.com. Yeah. Give, just give me the details, some pictures, whatever you got. I, I'd, I'd like to dive deeper into this, see if I could help you with this issue. Besides the price. Angel. This guy's name's Angel. Angel. Yeah. Uh, besides the price, change to an 18-inch wheel and bigger tank. Do you recommend buying a KTM SX to race off-road? This is a good question, even though it doesn't sound like it. Um, for me, here's my, my thing. Since the KTM lineup is the same as far as frames, right? That yep. has been, they're all one frame. It's easier to make a moto bike an off-road bike than going backwards. Yeah. So for me, uh, there's one guy that could swear by an 18-inch rear wheel. <laughs> Gary Sutherland. Gary. <laughs> I should call him real quick. Let's just call him real quick. Uh, I, I'm going to say for the, I would go with the off-road bike because if you've seen that new factory edition, that's a 350 they made, right? That factory edition? Yep. 
That's a sexy motorcycle. But it's easy to go get an 18 true wheel. You have a backup wheel, right? Yeah. And then yeah. you'll, if you want to get a larger tank, you already have, you Swap can go them. to a larger tank. And then you it's can. easy on that bike. Too. Yeah, it's just easier, right? So you can just kind of swap everything over yeah. and then do it yourself. And then if you don't want to ride with it in moto, you can just take it back off. So Gary's not answering. So, um, but yeah, Gary, off-road champion, he prefers an 18-inch rear wheel because of the squish feeling in yeah. motocross because that's what he was raised on. tire. Like, yeah. So uh, for me, I disagree. I like a 19 for cornering. But yeah. uh, for me, way easier to do the SX to an off-road versus off-road to an SX. And <laughs> And, yes, and if you're transmissions riding, are different. Yeah. Some guys prefer the XC transmission, but from what I've gathered with off-road guys that I talk to, they prefer the SX tranny more than uh, the it, XC. And what are you riding predominant? If you're riding off-road predominant and you're hitting the moto track once, twice a month, just take your off-road bike to the moto track and have a good day. And also, he said, will you test the Gas Gas Beach Cruiser anytime soon? No. I don't know, but did you see their new electric mountain bikes? No, I didn't. Honey, hush. It's just a Husqvarna, same thing. No, it's not. What do you mean? No, it's not. Really? Completely different. I sent you the link of it. I don't. It's you like, sent me so much shit. It's, I don't know. It's like a, it looks more like a specialized Levo. Oh. It, it is. Actually, my buddy Justin Shanty told me, he obviously saw it a while ago, and he mm -hmm. told me, he said, hang tight, Gas Gas is coming out with a new e-bike. It's going to be the real deal. Okay. And they had it at their launch. And oh, really? it is Andy. Well, there you go. Help us out, Andy. Husqvarna. I have a Husqvarna e-bike. It's awesome. It's great. I thought you were going to take that and ride that. I am. Okay. Uh, 2024 Sesker 15. 2024 KTM 300 SX or KTM 250 SX? 300. Why? I love that bike. That's a great answer for this guy. Yeah, I, I, it's just, it's such an easy bike to ride. And it gives you a little bit, again, we don't know what kind of riding you're doing or right. where you're taking this thing, but we every time I get on the 300, it, it just it kind of gives me a 450 feel yeah. with like a 350 energy. Yeah. Like you can ride it hard. You can ride it easy. It's a very versatile motorcycle. You can ride it in the desert. You can ride it motocross. You can trail ride it. You can jump logs on it. It's just, I, honestly, KTM, KTM does really good at this. And people might knock them because they have so many lines of bikes, mm -hmm. but they got the 350 that everyone got. They want. They got the 300 two-stroke that everyone wants. I, I think a 300, 250, you can't go wrong with a 250, but the 300 is going to, if you're racing motocross against 450s, that little extra power goes a long way. So, I mean, I raced Wayne Ashby on a 300 in elevation at 8,000 feet, and the guy got a start on me. Mm -hmm. So, 350, I'd go 300. Also, I, I agree with Eddie. Just for me, a little bit more... Uh, torque feeling. Um, I did prefer the older 250 previously before yeah. they went to this new style, uh, but now I like the 300. And Jamie at Twisted, they can get inside of your stock ECU, make it cleaner because I've heard yeah. they're not great from the factory. So there is a tune for that stock ECU, which makes it even better. Yeah, uh, I kind of helped Jamie with some of that, and it was it was fun to ride. Yeah. It's a fun bike. I hate yeah. two strokes. But I like that bike. Yeah, we rode it at Kawia in elevation. Yeah, and when Jamie redid that ECU, you could hear it from the side of the track. You're like, oh, it has a four fun. stroke sole. Yeah, you can for sure. It. Yeah. Yep. Uh, this is what I get. Ready, Brian K. Oh, yeah. hold on. Let's let's listen to this asshole real quick. <laughs> Gary. Hey, you're on air. How's it going, Gary? I'm on air. Yeah. So you're on the you're on the Key for Tested podcast. You ever listen to it? Uh, no. Okay, no, I thanks, don't. Thanks for your support. Got to go now. <laughs> no. That's, that's, that's what I'm here for. 
Uh, we had a question come in, and I thought you'd be the guy to answer it. I know I hear babies in the background and shit, but I know you're busy. Yeah, always busy, dude. Okay. Uh, this gentleman was asking about, um, you know, g- getting an off-road bike, or should he get a moto bike to off-road bike? Which way is easier to go? Should I get an off-road to moto, or should I get a moto to off-road? I would go off-road to moto. Okay, that was the opposite of what I said, and I'm glad you called. So, so I would always... Oops, sorry, we we lost Gary. I just hung up on Gary. I would always, and then you're gone. Sorry, Gary. Didn't mean to hang up on you, brother. It's a janky show. We don't know what we're doing over here. Hanging up on me? Yeah, sorry. I had another call come in. I screwed it. My bad. Anyway, go ahead. So, Are you at the grocery store right now? Yes, I'm actually at the grocery store. Dude, that's life. Right. Am I still on air? Or what? Yeah, no, you're good. You're on air. Let's go. Okay, on air. See so you at the grocery store. Yeah. Handling dad duty. All right. And answering all your guys' questions. That's what so I'm. So you would go off road to moto, not moto to off road. Yeah, I would buy an off road bike. Two reasons. Okay. Suspension is going to be more like it's going to be set up more comfortable. Okay. Um. So for your average vet guy, that's going to be just going and riding. I didn't think, that's, that's a good a, point. I didn't think about suspension. I didn't think about it. So that guy is going to be like, hey, I'm going to go ride the vet track at Kauia or Glen Allen or wherever. A more softer setup is going to be more comfortable for the weekend warrior guy that's not just, oh, I'm going to Paul and hitting bigger jumps, right? Okay. And even there, it would be fine on their vet track. It's going to be better all around. <clears throat> I'm a big proponent of the 18-inch wheel. Yeah, we know that. So I, like I mentioned that in the, in the show. I said you have a hard-on for 18s. No, I just, I think there's... Not your olds, not just tires. <laughs> wow, wow. So I think the big thing is with the 18-inch tire is it just adds that comfort level, right? Yep. And I think it's a lot easier to, most guys, if, you're, if you think you're going to ride both, yep. you're going to get a more comfortable package, and it's going to come with more. Like you buy a XCF, you're going to have a bigger tank, so you can go... Trail ride. It has a kickstand. Do you prefer the transmission has. or on the SX or XCF? So I think I'm, I'm not 100% sure, but I'm pretty sure on just the 450, SX and uh, XCF share the same training. I'm pretty sure they're both the same transmission. It's 350. They change Correct. the transmission to add the six. So the transmission is the same. Yep. But I know the gearing on the XCF is one smaller on the back. Correct. Which definitely helps and tones down that initial hit. So not only is suspension softer and easier to, to manage, but that power delivery is going to be a little bit more linear and a little bit more dead off the bottom for that guy that wants to improve power. All right. Well, there it is. Gary Sutherland coming in with the, with the, with the heat. For the off-road yeah. guys. And uh, that so was the get- opposite of what I said. I said it's a lot easier. And I didn't think about suspension. I said it's easier to go from SX to, an, to like, off-road because you can always buy a tank. You can buy an 18-inch rear wheel, right? And it, and it's easier to do that than go the other way, to buy a stock We're- tank, which is more money, um, and try to find a 19-inch rear wheel because I know that came up. Like, 18 is fine for moto for you. You prefer it. Yep. Right? Um, but, yeah, it's good to have Here's two different opinions. Yeah, go ahead. Here's another thing for you. KTM this year, XCF, when you buy an XCF, comes with a spring fork, whereas yep. the SX comes with an air fork. So you're already getting a close cart- you're getting a close cartridge fork on the off-road bike. You don't have to go buy I think he a, was talking know, about, I didn't, I didn't mention this in the question, but he was talking about an older one. But, yes, you are on a newer one, which we didn't talk yep. about. You are on a spring fork, which is not bad. Better. I got to ride one here recently, and it's a it's little good. soft, but it's, it has more control than in the past. 
Yes. And the old 4CS I, fork was a piece of shit. Whew, horrid. Yeah. I mean, I, that's why I always threw KYBs and stuff in them. So I think the – if you're buying new, yes. Old, older bike, I mean, you're going to probably – I mean, let's put it this way. XCF, let's see, 2019, 2020, I use – I would race Takati on a bone stock 450 because I actually liked the air fork – the lightness and super tight single track trails. Yeah. I like that light flickable feel of the front end with the air fork because it was light. Um, but for more moto stuff like that, I would, I like the spring fork. So honestly for, I, I would not shy away from running an air fork for off road. Hmm. Okay. I actually enjoyed it for that for more higher speed, squared stuff i didn't like the the, the air fork for off-road but for single track it was good thank you gary you're welcome anytime destry says you suck by the way we call destry too and he says you suck yeah typical he's just jealous all right we'll talk to you have i'll tell the kids hi i'll tell the kids hi hey katie's in from montana so you know grandma's in tell tell mama tell mama sutherland we said hello and uh, tell her to listen to the key for tested podcast you know and shop at rocky mountain do people do that? Thank you. Bye. <laughs> I just hung up on his ass. <laughs> uh, good old Gary. All right. La- another question. Standing while upshifting. That's what I got. That's what he says. Brian K. And I said, what the fuck are you talking about? He's like, how do you do it? It's tough for me to stand while to shift up. <sighs> anything? Got anything for this guy? Uh, elevate. <laughs> Elevate. Get a hold of your your local oh, elevate trainer. And I, I guess figure that out. I don't know. Elevation. Toe box sizes of the boots are different. Um, if you need to put a spline down to to be able to do that, maybe you need to spline down on your shifter. Uh, tough question. You're, you're messing with fire there. Sorry. Yeah. Uh, Sean Galvin. Possible question for the show. After a long hiatus from riding, racing nine years. What advice do you have for a former not-so-fast B-rider to get back into it? That's just a great question for you. Yeah. Go ahead, man. This, you, I mean, this could be a show right here. Are you getting tired? Do you need a twist of tea? No, we- I'm, I'm good. I just I want to think, think this one out thoroughly. But, uh, you know, the first thing is get yourself back to where you feel confident on your bike. So I, when I came back to riding, I started with training and getting my body back in shape. Um, we all know you can spend a million hours in the gym and be in the best shape of your life right. and go to Glen Helen and get your you-know-what kicked in in 10 seconds out there because riding shape is completely different than your overall body shape. So uh, I started off with a lot of mountain biking, a lot of um, core work, leg work, um, just trying to get my cardio fitness up and get my core sound and strong again. Mm-hmm in the meantime, you're still riding. Like I'm still going to track riding. I'm starting off with short motos. I'm doing, you know, 10 lap or 10 minute motos, just getting a feel to where I feel comfortable on a motorcycle. Then I moved it to 15. Then I moved it to 20. Then, then I went lip pro and started chasing my lap times to get myself back to where I feel comfortable. Um, in the meantime, everything's growing, right? Your body conditioning is getting better. Your fitness is getting better. You're, you're moving your motorcycle around a little bit to find it to be uh, more comfortable for you and, and more trusting uh, in your motorcycle because that's the most important thing. So when I got back, see, I raced my whole life. I went was a motorcycle mechanic for about 15 years. That took me into my mid-30s. And then I came back and 
after I got a desk job, I told my wife, hey, I want to start riding again because if I was to break my arm, I could still do my job. I'm mm-hmm. good. I could still provide for my family. So that's what I did. I started at Comp Edge riding on the hillside track, mm-hmm. just playing just, with my buddies. Yep. I did 17 KTM 350. And then next thing you know, it's like, oh, I've outrode the 350 for where I am. I want to go to a 450, make it a little easier for me to ride. And then I went to 450, and now here, I mean, in the last year and a half since I've been kind of under your umbrella, I've progressed even more than I thought I wanted to progress, you know? And so it's, don't don't set a parameter. Don't give yourself a time frame. Like, I want to be here at this time mm-hmm. because – you think goals are important or no? I huge. Okay. A, a, I mean, depends if you're it, trying to get it could into be any racing. Kind of goal, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like we started setting goals mm-hmm. more you than myself. Mm-hmm. Like, hey, what do you want to do? And then I set this goal, and man, does it trigger something? If you're a hungry and competitive person, it triggers something in your mind that's like, man, I don't feel like going to the gym today. But oh, remember I made that with Kiefer. We like I gotta go, or so, or within myself. Not to. to so I told you guys about being accountable, and I yeah. we talked about this. And I get emails, and there's guys that are hitting me up weekly on just say, "Hey, Kiefer, this is what I'm doing." Right. I'm reading those. So if I don't get back to you, it's okay. I'm reading them. So you yeah. are getting. I'm, I appreciate you guys doing that because it, it, if it helps you, I'm here for it. Yeah, like I like that. I'm here to keep people on dirt bikes. Yeah. So, um, here's another, you know, and and. To look at this is Eddie's a great person to, to ask about this because his family life, um, how do I put this? So in my family, it's wide open dirt bikes twenty four seven. Eddie's family's not like that. It's not twenty four seven dirt bikes. He has two girls. He does other shit. He has to find the time to go riding and still have enough time to spend with his family. So it's different dynamic than what I have here. So he still makes time and does it. I'm sure most of those people that listen to this show is is like an Eddie, not like a me. Um, so start by doing it small, like, like Edward said, like, and then don't expect too much too soon. If you go out the first month and you got arm pump and you're tired, don't get discouraged. You're going to have, it's it. going to have it. Like if you haven't, you've been gone out of the sport, what, nine years, nine years. you're going to be fudged for a yeah. long time. You're going to be very discouraged so to <laughs> find things that are fun build up slowly do jumps that are, that are small and yeah. build up to those things, you know, and, and then have a good time. Find local guys that are your speed. Yes. And then match up. You want yeah. to dick measure a little bit? That's cool, but at least you guys are the same speed. Yes. You know, and that's that's competitive and that's fun. I'll tell you that to, for me, Dave Martinez is is uh big for me on that. Right. He he pushes me out. You I guys are very him. close in speed. We are very close in speed. Uh, we go gym together. I mean, we work out together now. We do a lot. It's nice to have a partner. It, and dude. that kind of holds you accountable as well, yeah. right? Yeah. But 100%. I think nowadays you can plug that in there, Aiden. Uh, you uh, nowadays you have more access to to things on social media, yeah. people that you can ride with. If you don't know have anybody to ride with, I had someone hit me up the other day. I don't have anybody to ride with. What should I do? There's forums yeah. out there that you can reach out to and be like, "Hey, man, um, I, I need someone to ride with. Anybody I want to go ride? I'm going to this track." And chances are those people are in your area, and you'll have For someone sure. to ride with. So. Just take it slow, enjoy it, get the proper bike for you. Don't don't overbuild your bike. Don't get a bike that's too fast for you. The whole point of this is having fun and to stay on the motorcycle. It would yeah. be shitty to be like off nine years and then three months in this thing, you're broken. on the couch with yeah. a broken uh, wing, you know? Yeah. So like relax. It'll discourage you. Chill time. back a little bit and enjoy the, the – I hate to say this. I don't want to say this, but I'm going to say it. 
Trust the process. Yeah. Huh. That's it, baby. Hi, Aiden. Hi. Trust the process. Um, I wasn't going to come in, I but did. I came in. I was like, I got to do this. I did tell you It's been trust a fun <laughs> show, and it's a long show for us. We only do an hour normally, and we're heading up to two hours right now. While you guys are talking about Q&A, me and James watching an accident go down down there. Shut um, the whole road down and everything. On our oh. street? Yeah. Wow. I'm me telling James, you, how crazy has this day been? Dude, yeah. me and James rode down there just now. They shut the whole road down. There's cops everywhere. Where at? Uh, right by... You know where there? the dude almost hit us that yeah. one day? Yeah. That right there. Oh, dang. Man, Asperia's <laughs> popping off today, people. All right, Sean Galvin. Can you turn my mic up a little bit, please? Um, I you, actually need to turn you, down a little bit. You are up. The thing is... <laughs> I'm talking about, like, my... I can hear. How's oh. that? No, hearing-wise. Got it. I'm going to turn it up? Yeah. How's that? Uh, Talk? How's it going, everybody? It's uh, low. Okay, mic check. Awesome. I think everybody loves this. Yeah. Great show. Everybody. Yeah, whatever. We'll go. Yeah, that's um, all good. Hey, we're real, man. We're, we're real. Yeah, we're real. fake going on. Real here. janky up here is what <laughs> this is. Uh, okay, so Sean Galvin, possible question for the show after a long hiatus. Oh, that's the same one. My yep. bad. Um, <laughs> this is a great one. I just screenshot this one because it. Where can I listen to the show? Wait, what? That's Stop the question. It. That's the question. You droid people? There's Stitcher. You can go to my website. You can go to Steve's website. Apple people, you know what to do. I don't know. So. Yeah. Um, I get a lot of feedback in my hands. This is George Kleinis on my 23 and 24 Hondas. Oh, here we go, Eddie. <laughs> here we go. <laughs> and the suspension often feels harsh. Yeah. It's valved and sprung for my weight. Considering switching to a Yamaha or Kawasaki, which feels softer to you? Kawasaki. Go ahead, Edward. Yeah, Kawasaki. For sure, Cow, getting to Cowie 450. Obviously, we don't know what this new 25 is gonna bring to us, but uh, anything previous to that 25, the uh, the Cowie 450 is the most forgiving motorcycle you'll probably ride. Chassis wise, frame wise, is most bump absorption you're gonna yes, get from a sure. new style motorcycle, which is a yeah. KX 450. And 250 is not. It's crazy to say this. I feel more harshness on the 250 just because yeah. the, it's oversprung. Yeah. So. Um, yeah, the Honda is probably the the worst in that category. Yes, uh, and and it's not. I honestly, you, I'm sure you think it's your suspension that you're getting this harsh feeling, but it's actually the chassis. Because I've been there, I've rode with KYB kit suspension done by some of the best suspension guys in and the industry. And it gets better. It will. Yeah, it's not, it not going to be a Cowie. It will. And this is what I want to tell people, and I get a lot of questions like, "Hey, Kiefer, I got a Honda. I want it to to be stable like a Cowie. It will never happen." Yeah. I want it to be like Yamaha. It will never happen. You can't make one bike feel like the other. Nope. There's going to be traits about another color that are nothing like the other color. That's just I how think it our, is. I think our 24, uh, sorry, 23 WE, the bike I had leading up to Mammoth, mm -hmm. with the 24-millimeter offset clamps, with kit suspension, uh, with the factory connection linkage. I mean, that bike was loaded and that's probably the best that that chassis could probably ever get. It's just like a woman. FCP you met another Jill. Mounts. Another Jill. Yeah, might have some traits. Yeah, some traits aren't going to be the same. Yep. You know. So. Yeah. Um. Okay. Mark, four four nine. Kiefer, I have a twenty three CRF four fifty R E. Oh, I'm sorry, R W E. He said R E W. Yeah. We know what we're talking about. Uh, just got back into riding this year, and will I? Have about 45 hours on it when the riding season is over here on the East Coast. I'm a vet B guy. Got a lot of, lot of you Dude, guys out there. A lot of there. vet B guys. A lot of Eddies out this there. My market. Uh, who, who doesn't rev the shit out of it? Okay, it's kind of like it's you. Good. Should I get it rebuilt this winter? 45 hours. Not looking for any more power, but I come up racing 
I came up racing the nearly in the early 2000s and would gain several places each race from four strokes blowing up. Looking for some advice. 45 hours, 23 CRF 450 RWE. Edward? Ah, uh, that's tough, man. He doesn't rev it. Yeah. Our, buddy, our buddy Dave, this yeah. is great. How yeah. long did Dave go? Over 100. Correct. He put a top in, I think, in like 60 or 70 hours. And then Chad at XPR did it and said it looked yep. fine. It, yeah, they replaced, I think, a valve. Right. Two, they did two valves, intake or exhaust or whatever. So if you're going to put in another year, so another season for your category, say you're going to put another 20 hours, that's going to put you into the 60-hour mark, go for it. Just I think th- you're safe, buddy. Yeah, I think you're. You're good. a vet B guy. You don't rev the shit. Out. I think your bike Hondas are reliable, Most reliable the, motorcycle yes. on the market. Look at, I uh, was with Honda production testing since 2017. Did a lot of things with Honda, and one thing they don't skip out on is reliability. Yeah. I'm going to tell you this. <laughs> I shouldn't tell you this, but I will. Other manufacturers that I just recently was with, they won't even do because they know each durability. Um, each durability process that every manufacturer makes. When one manufacturer looks at another, they're like, oh, yeah, we're going to match that to say we're equal. Yeah. They will not match Honda because yeah. they know that they will not make it. Yeah. I feel, and this is just me on the outside looking in, I think Honda sometimes will hold back in something, whether it's the engine department or the chassis department, yep. that they know it's better, but it might not beat their durability requirements. Yep. So they'll hold the motorcycle back. Right. To meet that requirement, and Back? yeah, like they'll bring it, like, Back. hey, we're not gonna, yeah. we're not gonna push that engine to sixty-three right. horsepower, like you know KTM or these other ones. We're gonna keep it at sixty because we know the general vet guy can go two hundred hours on that thing, and correct, it's not gonna blow up. Uh, so, Jason Brendel, tire pressure, muddy versus hard pack. I think a lot of people have a misconception of when to add and when to deflate. This could go into rocky conditions as well as general topic. Fam, love you guys. Thanks, Aiden? Jason. Aiden? Hey, man. <laughs> hey. The funny part is Glenn, Glenn Helen, he's doing motos in the 60-mile-an-hour wind, and he's like, yeah, I'm done. And we're, we're like, yeah, you are done. You got a flat, flat front. You <laughs> suck at What? He never Hold knows. Up. You didn't you even are, know. Yes, I did. Don't yell. Why Dave, do you think I pulled out? off? Why spike do you think I pulled off? Because he was yelling at you. No, I knew, as, I, I knew as soon as it happened. Now you're getting me riled up, and I'm pissed. Look at more. Your track record is not great on flat tires. I knew exactly when this one happened. On this one, you said, it. you're like, hey, I think you started pushing down, so you knew something was up. There, there. there it is. But yeah, it, took, did. it took about four or five of those to get him going. Uh, <laughs> sorry about the mic levels, people. Uh, Aiden, relax. I can't turn your mic down. We'll turn it back up in a minute. Uh, Jason Brendel. So this is a great question. Not every – so I have a tire pressure. Um, the recommended tire pressures for tires on my website. If you guys want to know what the baseline setting for – a lot of the popular tires, go look at my site. They're up there. And I kind of found different air pressures for different tires because carcasses, uh, sh- you know, sizes are a lot different no matter which tire manufacturer. So a little tidbit here. Let's say you have a 120-80-19 tire. That doesn't mean Dunlop and Bridgestone have the same exact measurement of a 120-80-19. You are allowed to have some variance within that tire sizing. There is a variance. So, for example, a Pirelli Scoop 120-80-19 versus uh, Dunlop MX-14 120-80-19 do not look the same, and your eyes don't deceive you, is because they are not. Right. 
there's a variance within that. You can see on that Pirelli scoop. So, this is a great question. I get, People go, hey, man, I'm 250 pounds. Should I still run 13 PSI in my Dunlop MX-34? You know, great question. Yeah. No, you shouldn't. You yeah. have more weight pushing yeah. down on it. Appreciate but the, you would be surprised. One PSI is probably about 50 to 60 human pounds. And I've learned this with testing with production and the Japanese is like, uh, and they explain it to me in a much more detailed manner than I can explain it to you guys. Right. They're way smarter than I am. But that's why they have their recommend. They said, if you look in your manual for most bikes, everything says 15 PSI. Yeah. You want to know why? Because they know American, yep. very big. Big guy. Japanese, not big. Yeah. So American market, ah, oh, 15 PSI. We must put, yeah. put that. Protects so, them. Yes. So, yes, unless you're 300 and some odd pounds, I wouldn't run 15 PSI in right. moto standard, uh, and you have good tubes. So if you're, I would say anywhere between 130 to 200 pounds, my baseline settings on my side are accurate. And if you're over that, I would go up 0.5 PSI per wheel. That is my recommendation. And, you know, if 200 to 250, go to 0.5. You're still going to be in the right yeah realm of where you should be like on my 34s i run 14 13 right they say 13 and, and you're two and what? i'm 232 ish right so, so you could probably go up 0. 0.5 from yeah. the recommended deal yeah. and it 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 does make a difference it does make a difference more pressure down you'll, on the tire another thing um that i have noticed sometimes is you'll notice that when you run too low of an air pressure if you if you don't know by how your bike feels you'll start getting tire wear on the side of on your the rim, rim because the tire's rolling over yes. and stuff so if you're kind of undecided like man am i am i am i not i can't tell i'm not that techie just look at your rims they'll tell you yeah. especially a yamaha yamaha wheels they lose the anodizing pretty easily mm -hmm. so you'll start to see it it'll it'll get that white stripe we could really get techie on you and we can really go into detail like let's say you wear in your tire down you're a guy that runs tires 10 hours and you're gonna have to go up in air pressure because yep. your carcass is breaking down especially if you're a pirelli guy if you're a pirelli guy those carcasses are super soft so they're great tires initially. And then after about five, six hours, they start breaking off and carcass is getting softer. So you yep. have to go up in pressure to get the same feeling that you had when it was new. Honestly, the, the knobbies are going down. So you're never going to have that. But right. as far as carcass roll, Feel. you will have to go up in pressure. Yep. You understand all that, Aiden? Yes. Okay. I actually ran Pirelli's too. So I, I know exactly what you're talking about. Pirelli's are awesome. Look at great. I, I'll, I'll tell you guys the truth on the show. Like Dunlop sponsored the show. But no hate comms on Pirelli because they make a great fucking tire. Yep. I love the lean angle traction on MX32 Midsoft. Yep. But the carcass will break down sooner than a Dunlop. Yeah. So if you can buy new Pirellis every two, three hours, do yep. it. Because yep. they're great. But they're just Rocky Mountain break. ATV's got great prices on them too. So and then I've I've ran the, the tire limit for me is ten hours. If you can get ten engine hours on a tire, that's really good. I'm saying I know I don't do that. Oh, I'm, I'm like, my fingers say, when are we, bleeding. Because when we, when <laughs> we test tires, yes. the limit is 10 hours, yeah. right? Yeah, yeah, when yeah. we did durability with Michelin, did all these things, yeah. 10 hours is the engine hours. It's, it's a, a long time. It's a baseline. And yeah. obviously, it depends if you're riding sand, rocks. Yeah. And to go to with your question, you know, Jason, you're riding off-road. You're going to have to go up in air pressure because of pinch flats, right? Yep. You hate thick tubes, Eddie. So there is but a even, point. Dunlop makes, so you have Dunlop motocross heavy, and then you have Dunlop heavy. Right. The Dunlop heavy is still better than most heavy-duty tubes you can get. Because they're not as thick? They're not as, 
gnarly, like thick rubber. Yeah. So I did a, a wheel for a guy the other day. Um, I think it was on a 125 or something, and he just bought it from the local shop, and I weighed it. The tube was almost 30 pounds. What? Yeah, it was uh, like a moose or something uh, was the manufacturer. And I'm like, uh, wait, hold on. 30 pounds? It was almost 30-pound tube. Like, I took the thing out of the box, and it stayed in a brick. I'm like, uh, this thing, I was I, I like, my tire weighs 14, 13 pounds. My fingers were bleeding changing this tire I'm and like, that doesn't dude, react well on a motorcycle no awesome. like dude it just weighed it down yes i'm telling you guys spend the money if you're a motocross guy dunlop motocross heavy duty tube i buy all my tubes from rocky mountain they have them in stock i will i will raise you one bridgestone makes good tubes as well they Brid do bridgestone heavy duties are good i love randy yeah you hate michelin heavy duty tubes you hate them sorry randy there we go. We're gonna get quiet. Yeah. I just put one in your one of your wheels. I bring them over for you. Had. You don't. You never use them. Yeah, they're tough, man. I mean, if you have a wheel that you can put the tube in the tire first and get the valve stem in, and then roll the tube around and. What about powder? Do you believe in powder? Yes. Why? It just helps keep the tube soft. Doesn't does it help? Does it help pinch flats? Uh, no. I. The, I thought it helps keeps the tube like moving a little bit, so it's not so sticky. I mean, I don't know the direct terminology. What I like, okay, so if you have a tube that's been in a motorcycle for a while and you take it out, mm -hmm. it'll have this, like, rubber crust around the outside that'll flake off. Yes. So, it, like, sticks to the tire, gets dry uh, and hard. That's where the little balls come from. Yes. So, yes. The, baby the baby powder is what baby powder is used for. Along. It helps with the moisture. Got it. And, it, like, the tube I took out of your bike, it was a stock tube in the front tire today. I pulled it out. It was so, like, flexible and easy to work with. So Sh baby is powder it okay to race sure. with, yeah, hundred percent. Okay, yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, no, not to add to this, God, we, I love these questions. It's making shit come out of me. Yeah. Uh, how long should a guy run his tube if it's good? I, honestly, I I go straight to either the the Dunlop or the Bridgestone mm -hmm. because those tubes are. So like I'm I saying, could be let, speaking let's out. Say, let's say I never pinch a tube. I'm this is my third tire change. I'm in the same tube. You still run the same tube? Take it. Take it to the end. <laughs> go yeah. until it flats. Yeah, go until it flats. Okay. Or unless you take it out and you see something suspect in the valve stem or the because course. Because it will chafe. Yeah. It will chafe. So if you need a chafing or if you see a lot of little rubber balls, it may, I mean, you might yeah. want to change your tube. Yeah. I, I've never physically changed a tube because I looked at it and went, yeah. ah, that doesn't look good. Yeah. I change them when they flat. But I don't run stock tubes. So I run the Bridgestone or the Dunlop motocross heavy duties. Got it. KTM stock tube is very, very good. Okay. Yeah. Do you know what it is? I do not know. I'm, I'm actually, it might be a Pirelli tube. Maybe so? we can ask Andy down I the road. I doubt they would do that. I don't see them running a Dunlop and then going to somewhere tubes. Maybe, I don't know. Because you know some of these I cheap think I've seen writing on it that says Pirelli. Do you want to know a lot of these tubes come from? Here we go. You ready? I'm going to blow <laughs> your mind. Shang Shin. Shang Shin. That's what I was going to say. Yep. There's all these Japanese guys using Shang Shin tubes. CST. They try to change their name to, to, to trick us. Yeah. They're not tricking us. I ain't running the Shang Shin. <laughs> Sorry. Um, all right. We have we got too many people calling me. Uh, Stephen Pagani. Number one thing to get right on suspension settings after SAG, of course. For example, fork compression, shock rebound, blah, blah, blah. Um, so for me, obviously, you said SAG. Fork height is also very important. Make sure your fork height is correct. Some of you guys, I will see. I will walk around the pits. Your fork height is at four. The other one's at seven. 
your your triple clamp bolts will start to loosen up and they'll slip and the fork leg will move. So make sure you keep an eye on your fork height. But as far as everything else besides what you said, sag and fork height, bleeding your forks. Bleed your forks. Even if you're on an air fork, yes, the WP air fork has a bleed. Bleed them. Because yeah. it's actually worse on yes. an air fork. Yeah. So you think, ah, oh, I, I need air. Air's, it's an air fork. It's no. Different. It's a different chamber, and it will react, and it will be very, very stiff, unlike a spring fork where it ramps up and then kind of gets stiff. This is like hitting a fucking wall on an air fork when you have access air in this chamber. So make sure to bleed that little, it's, um, little Torx bit. They'll careful right out because if you haven't done it in a long time and you're gonna yeah, do it now, blow that it right out. Could take off. and it does have an o-ring so make sure the o-ring is in there because if you list that o-ring it will not seal and then you're just gonna be drawn air inside of that fork which you do not want yes so yeah bleeding your fork helps tremendously to add a little bit more to this steven lubing i'm not good at this you can ask getty but this is this is important and i've ridden with this question Lube. could go a long way. It's okay. Lubing. Uh, lubing. <laughs> uh, <laughs> no. Swing arm pivot. Yes. Uh, linkage. Yes. Shock bolts. Yes. Um, things like that. It'll really help your bike. And I yeah. have. Uh, we did a test not too long ago at a manufacturer that we did everything dry, and then we did everything lubed, and it does make a, quite a bit of difference. Yeah. Um, so just make sure that's another thing to, to, to constantly keep those things lubed up. Yep. So super, when I was in mechanics, Supercross, we would run a dry chassis because we want everything rigid for Supercross. Yep. So we, we would run very, very thin grease. Mm. Motocross, fucking gob it up. Yeah. You lube that, it up. Yeah, you want more flex. It's, well, that and just the longevity. It's crazy to think grease would make a difference, but it does. Yeah, you, like, People always hit me up, should I grease my triple clamp bolts because it, do I get the right torque settings? Yes, please do. Okay. Please. Right. You just got a set of clamps from someone. Any manufacturer that sells a set of aftermarket clamps that doesn't grease the pinch bolts it, but gives you a recommended torque spec, Yep. so bad. Uh, Brett Barkasi. Barkasi. Double B. It's right. pretty good. Uh, best pipe for the new Yamaha 450s? That's such a loaded question. Like, what is best? I don't know what that means in your eyes. Like, what, what you gives mean? you the most power? What makes it smoother? What makes it the best? So for me, and I'm going to give you my opinion, the Yamaha... Five bullets. Like, if you had five things to categorize these pipes. Yep. So take those five categories. So if, I know what's the best. Okay. You do? For you. Oh, yeah. So for me, <laughs> the Yamaha YZ450 has a lot of power, and, and I don't need all of it right away. So Akrapovich makes insanely beautiful pipes, and they make oh, – I'm going to piss a lot of people off. They make the most durable muffler there is out there right now, plain and simple. And I don't, I'm not here to piss anybody off, but that's just facts. Yep. You're going to pay for it. It's expensive as shit. But what you're paying for is worth it yep. because the muffler packing will last a shit ton longer than any other muffler packing that anyone else uses. I can go 30-plus hours – on a Kropovich muffler, and I can't go 12 hours on any other. So there's that. So I choose an Akrapovich because, and I buy mine, so I don't get them for free. I buy mine, just like everyone else. It hurts me when I do it. But 
Uh, it smooths out the low end. It broadens everything up. It makes more manageable power. It gets more rear wheel traction. It looks bitching, which you guys know me. I could care less about looks as long as it runs well. Yeah. Um, it's quiet. It's, yeah, it's quiet. doesn't sound like raspy. Which um, is good on a Yamaha because yep. you already got a lot of noise going on. FMF is remaking theirs. I've been working with them to try to help them smooth it and broaden it. So they are coming out with one they're going to ship me, and I think that will go into production. That's the beauty part about FMF. They will adapt and change because they want to know, well, why do you like it? And I say this. So I go, hmm, let's go back to the dyno. So George and the guys or FMF, they're working on one. Uh, nothing is wrong with their production one. It is, it is smoother than stock. Uh, if you like a lot of bottom end, like Steve Mathis. So Steve likes his stock one the best because it has a lot of front side, right? He likes that. Wow, he's a big dude. Um, the FMF kind of kills that a little bit, then broadens the mid and doesn't really do anything in the top. So you get a little bit more mid-range. You're on a pro circuit. I just rode that thing the other day. That thing is snappy off the bottom. Yeah. I would say all of the stock snap and maybe a little bit more. Yeah. So if you're a bigger dude that wants a lot of yacht. Or riding deep conditions. Yep. That FMF is really good. And the note... Is not bad if you leave the insert in. My guy here fucking runs it wide open. Yeah. And he wants loud pipe to save lives. He wants that sticker from that company, Stick Em Up, back in the old days. <laughs> <laughs> Remember that company? Yes. Circle your sticker, you get some stickers? Yep. Uh, so there are different types of power that these companies are making depending where you want it. So for me, I'm all about smoother power. Yep. You ask Jamie at Twisted, oh, you're going to Kieferize shit. That's what he talks about. <laughs> he wants to talk shit to me. Yeah. Because I slow everything down. Yeah. So I'm going to, oh, Kieferize. You want to Kieferize. You want it slow. No, I just want it smooth so yeah. I can ride the fucking thing, right? I think Yamaha did a phenomenal job on that pipe, though, by the way. The you, know who does, you know who else did a great job? On the power aspect, not the looks? Kawasaki. Yeah. It looks like dog shit on the 450. You're talking about the current bike? Yeah. 23? Yeah. The, the stock the potato launcher good. Like power-wise, yeah. it's really good. It looks it, complete dog shit. It just sucks because I think a, a lot of people just right away took it, me being one, just took it off because yeah. the thing is so long and hideous. Cannons to the left of them. Cannons <laughs> to the right of them. Yeah. Dude, it's huge. But they're 25. They they cleaned it up. They yeah. did. So hopefully it's same. My guy perfect. here will buy a muffler and cut the fucker two inches because he wants it hidden behind the... the 100%. Side 100%. That way no if like I that. crash, it doesn't scratch the sticker off. Yeah, yeah. It's like a cherry I got bomb. Them, I got them special stickers, you know? <laughs> special. That's, that's one thing that I would... Oh, here. Andy's calling in. I asked him about the tubes. So oh. I was asking him if oh, he knew what those tubes are. Let's put them up. Oh, hold on. Uh, hold on. Hold on. Uh, Hello? Hello. Hi, Andy. It's Chris Kiefer. You're, Hi, on, you're on. You're on air. How's it going, Andrew? Oh, I was about. I was about to say something <laughs> not so great. So. Oh, are we what, in trouble? Uh, are we in trouble? No, because I I get a something a weird message that says the stock KTM tube and it says please help. I'm like, is this uh one of those scam things or what? <laughs> Spam. I'm like, are you kidding? I, w I wasn't going to call back, and then I go, oh, I'll just call. We have a reader question show that we're doing right now, and we're ripping off a bunch of these questions, and we're talking about tire pressures, and then we spawned off onto tubes and what right. KTM uses for stock tubes. And Eddie said KTM stock tubes are really good. So we're wondering who makes the tubes. Oh, you, you would ask me that. I, I don't know. I mean, I could tell you. I think. I think it's Dunlap, but I'm not sure. Okay. I could have swore I saw the Pirelli logo on one of them. I don't think. I, I, but I'm not I confident. just don't see him doing Pirelli. I don't see that. 
I mean, and they could because in Europe they use Pirelli, but I, I really believe it's a Dunlop. If, I mean, I, 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 you know, I can look tomorrow when I go to the office. Which would make sense because you like Dunlops, Eddie. Yeah. So yeah, I just, sense. I just think their stock tube, like when I change the tires with the KTM, it's just their stock tube feels the closest to like a Dunlop heavy duty tube, just in a stock form. It's very flexible and easy to work with. Hey, Andy. Yes. You gonna listen to the show? You think? How's the Kiefer Tested podcast? You ever listen to the Kiefer Tested podcast? Yeah, I do all the time. <laughs> Stop! Stop it! Just all the time. Every day. That's that's my drive to work and my oh, drive home. Oh my god! You. And uh. then I listen at night so you can put me to sleep. <laughs> well, put you to sleep. I, I had to soothing sounds. I had to enlighten him about the new Gas Gas E mountain bikes. Oh yeah, he's he's creaming his jeans over Those here on this Gas Gas mountain bike, dude. Beautiful. Yeah, there. It's it's a beautiful bike. It's amazing. I rode one one uh, one um, back when I was in Austria and a couple months ago. It's the that new transmission is amazing. I mean, it's it's an amazing bike, but we're not going to see it till March, probably. Oh, really? Yeah, March of next year is the guess. We're supposed to have some now, but, you know, usual supply issues, this issue, that issue. So mm-hmm. they kind of push back a little bit. Would you say that it's more of a competitive-natured raced, like, e-bike than, like, the Husky? Uh, I mean... Well, yeah, sure. It has better components. I mean, okay. everything is better. The right. that that the SRAM transmission. Yep. I went to a school on that for a few days, back in Indiana, and it's amazing. Okay. I mean, you can't break the derailleur off the frame. I mean, right. I guess you could at some point, but like you can almost stand on the thing and it won't break the derailleur hanger. Right. And, Do you think the frame you know, like, frame geometry is more racier than than the Husky, or is it pretty close? Uh, I mean. It's pretty close. I mean, okay. you, remember, like, you can't move a bike too much because then it either gets too slack or it gets too steep. Gotcha. So, I mean, bicycles, most of them don't move around. I mean, the only thing you can move around is tire size. Right. You'll put a bigger or smaller tire and stuff like that. But okay. other than that, I mean, it's not. They it's don't, pretty close. I mean, you look at all the geometries on bicycles. They're they're pretty close. Right. I don't know shit about bicycles, so. Yeah, I just know, like, in the road bike industry, you know, you can get more of, like, a comfort bike that you sit a little, you know, higher up on, and then you could go more to, like, the raised version where you get more laid down. So I didn't know in the e-bike market if they did that. I'm not as keen on on the mountain bike industry as I am the road stuff. So, but, yeah, I don't know. I watched the the intro, and I was like, wow, those bikes look really sharp. Right, and sure, it is more racy. It is more racy than the Husker Bar, no doubt about it. Yeah. I mean, just the suspension itself right. is ridiculous. The The new suspension that is coming on this bike is a it's a WP. It's it, The outer is DVO, but the inner is all WP cone valve. Oh, wow. I shouldn't Shit. say that, but it's WP stuff. So it's really, it's really a different, something wow. different <clears throat> than the market. And we've I've tried it back-to-back with, Everything else out there on the market, and it's pretty good. Wow. Wow. All right. So, exciting e-bike, times. Big e bike talk times. over here at yeah. the Kiefer Tested yep. podcast. Yep. Big e bike. I'm coming for Don, everybody. Swap Moto, I'm coming for you. <laughs> yeah. 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 As usual, Don's always that guy. Yeah. Hey, yeah. I, uh, he, I, I got a question since you're on here. Okay. Uh, a lot of people ask me, how do I get in the motorcycle industry? How do I get a job out there? What's the best way for them, someone to get a job at KTM, Husqvarna, Gas Gas? 
Oh, I mean, the easy. There's all we. Well, if you just go on to the KTM, you know, USA the site. website. Yep. Look up careers. There's we have jobs all over the place, and I, what I always tell people is, it, you you want to get into the company. Once you get into the company, then you can then I mean, and probably not. It's probably not one of the things that other managers want to hear, but you can move around. <laughs> but once you get into the company, then there's always jobs opening here and there. And if you're a great worker, other departments see that and they go, hey, what about that guy? Can we move that person into this or that, you know, that person into some other position that's better fit for them or, you know, they're a higher caliber person, you know. So, I mean, that that to me is the biggest way. That's what you have to do. And from what I heard... This is what I hear, and and not, this does not come from Andy. I heard KTM pays out of all of the manufacturers. I have a lot of friends at manufacturers that KTM pays pretty good. So that's what I hear. I, I okay, I don't know that. I don't know because you've been there for a long time, so you wouldn't know, right? Like you only know what you know. Yes. Right. Yes. But anyway, that's how you. Uh, I think that question came up. We might have to read that question off. But like, yeah, so. Getting a job in the industry, of course, it's who you know, but also you can do yourself a favor and go to these websites and look them up and send your resume and however they want to do it. Um, there's industryjobs.com. You can go to that. They have postings up there. There's all different kinds of things. And yes, Andy, maybe you can say this too. Like it does help to live in Southern California. <laughs> yes. I mean, we have no, no not, not well, for KTM. You got Ohio, right? You know, you got Ohio. Yeah, we have Ohio that, right. that always has something going on there. So, and you know, um, so yeah, it's there's always you know in our company. I mean, even even at that, there's you know sometimes there's positions in Austria that come up. That yeah, you could. I mean, I guess for the most part, people out. hit me up because you know there's a lot of faces out here, and and getting FaceTime is both the most important, right? Because I know you can go to Ohio, but you're not hanging out in some Ohio track meeting someone at KTM. You're more likely to see a lot more people here in Southern California, you know? Right. Yeah. So, But like Andy said, that's good. Like you might be looking for a marketing job or a sales job, but all they have is, you know, right. building bikes in the warehouse or whatever. So you start there. And then, like you said, you know, just make your – have good work ethic and make yourself known and – these people will move you where they think you best fit for their company. So that's 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 a good good point for these guys. Andrew, thank you for answering. We appreciate you. No problem, man. We'll um, I'm sure we'll talk to you soon. Have a safe drive. Yep, almost home. So we'll talk to you later. Enjoy, enjoy a cocktail for me. Yep, I am right now. <laughs> okay, see ya. <laughs> later. Bye. Andy Jefferson, everybody. Uh, uh, we, uh, we, I think our last one we did together, we got him on the drive home as well. Yeah, he's at least he, I like these guys are answering. Okay, we have a question coming up, and it involves um, another gentleman that we need to be calling up here. So we're going to try to uh, uh, call this gentleman. Let's see if um, he answers. Um, Hello? Ah, Cody Webb, you're live on the Kiefer Tested Podcast. How the hell are you doing? I'm doing good. I, I remember you gave me a... You mentioned something to me about answering if you called, and I saw a ring. You got lucky. Uh, I just want to let you know, uh, people out there listening, um, there is not another man out there that makes me feel worse on a motorcycle than this fucker right here because uh, <laughs> uh, anytime I've been around him or got the chance to ride with him, I feel like I've never ridden a motorcycle ever in my life, which is horrible feeling. So thank you for that, Cody. I appreciate that. I appreciate the kind words there, yeah. 
So hey, this is a question from Nick Tolman, and I just just so some some backstory here. I asked what should I do for a show, and they'd be like, hey, answer a bunch of reader questions. So I'm like, okay, listener questions. I'm gonna do it. This guy goes, look, I race endurocross and have always struggled with bike setup. So I'm like, look, I'm gonna call my guy here, the only guy that I think is gonna actually have an intelligent answer to something that races endurocross, and not to mention second in points in the series right now, right? Yep. Oh, tied for second, but it's still second. And the and the and the the dub is in is in reach, right? Yeah, it's right there. We won the last moto last weekend, and I actually had the overall secured, and then Tristan Hart took out Colton, or I don't know, messed him up, and I lost the overall because I don't know the three moto format. I was doing math in my head, which you shouldn't be doing, but I was doing it, and yeah, I I almost had the overall. Is and before we answer Nick's question, is there any more Colton Cody beef? Or are we are we done, or is it still there? Or? I don't know. Maybe we're just like too old and don't care anymore now. <laughs> I don't know what happened. Everyone has kids or older. Like ah, oh, fuck it. I'm, we don't need to fight anymore. We're all straight. We're all good. Testosterone yeah, levels are going now. down now. It's it's no big deal. Yeah, there's no more testosterone <laughs> left. Uh, okay, so this guy Nick races in cross and he struggled with bike steps. So. Um, it's interesting because I feel like you guys have gotten so good over the last five years, right? I feel like your stuff should be getting stiffer because you're jumping shit like Supercross, and I would think that you'd want a little stiffer setup, but maybe not. So explain. Yeah, I mean, it's it definitely has gotten stiffer than what it used to be, but I mean, first things first, obviously, gummy tires. That's, that's the only way to go. Don't waste your time with normal tires. And then... Uh, Everyone's before, you know, they were, no one knew what they were doing, but probably the same thing last time Kiefer rode one, didn't know what he was doing. <laughs> I so didn't know what know. I was doing. That's for damn sure. <laughs> yeah. But we didn't, we didn't know either back then. Right. So now we got gummy tires and then people are like drilling out mooses to soften the rear even more oh, or wow. worn out mooses. So we just started running moose balls, which are kind of nice. Cause you can like, they're like essentially moose wedges you okay. can put in so you can choose kind of like your firmness. So like the first two rounds. I ran uh, X amount of moose balls, and then for the last one, I added one to stiffen it up a little bit in the rear. Oh, we know. So you, it's like a, it's a way to like kind of like fine tune like PSI. But who who makes those? It's uh, Mr. Wolf Moose Balls. It's just called Moose Balls. I'll be damn. Okay. Moose Balls, new product. <laughs> I like that um, name, by the way. <laughs> yeah, it's good. There's uh, I saw an image of like a, a moose laying, and you know, a real moose. <laughs> a prodo- a provocative position. Yes, exactly. Yeah, yes. Um, so yeah, and then there, <laughs> that, that's like the first things first, easiest thing to do is just set up your rear tire and then suspension. Uh, I'm running a stiffer setup than what we do in Harden Duro. And last few years I tried going a little bit stiffer and running, I guess, I don't know. It's different between motocross and off-road. I say more dampening in the shock. So I slow it down. Okay. You know what I mean? It's a little bit more of a dead feeling. Yeah. I had a little bit more of a dead feeling, but then I just wasn't feeling like myself in the rocks like normally i'm i'm vibing in the rocks so i actually went a little bit different setting this year with race tech and i have more rebound like a bouncier feel now in the back okay and it basically just helps keep the rear tire planted more in the rocks you know what i mean whereas like if it's slower it's going to kind of pack a little bit and you'll start bouncing off stuff instead of like the bike rebounding quicker and staying on the rocks almost like to propel you forward. Hmm. 
I'll be damned. Because, yeah, I, I just feel like, so you guys are jumping way more shit than you used to when it was more of like, the courses are a little bit different, I guess, nowadays, right? It's Would you would you yeah. think that the tracks are less hard now? I think we've just gotten too good, but I also feel like they're less hard yeah. as well. Like, I look back at some of them, and, like, we would go to Idaho, and there's huge chunks of wood in a wood pit, and you didn't know if you are going to make it every lap. And the first few races this year, I kind of just, Rode around, rode around blindly and hit things really hard and closed my eyes because I knew it was going to hurt. And that's probably because my suspension is a little bit too soft. But when I tested it, I had a little bit stiffer setup I tried, and I still liked riding more with the softer. So I just over overcompensate, I guess. What about the two-stroke, four-stroke debate in Endurocross? What, what's your preference? I mean, I'm, I got to run full two-stroke now because I'm back on it, obviously. Okay. Right. Um, but what's the, for what's, me, what's the benefit? Like, and what's one disadvantage that you notice? One benefit? Yeah, the 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 biggest benefit I feel like is just in the rocks. Like the four strokes, obviously good, and they're planted. But when things go wrong, it's hard to recover. There's just like more rotating mass and inertia in there. And I feel like when I would make a mistake, I couldn't get back to where I wanted to. Like it was, I was just kind of along for the ride. Hmm. Whereas on the two stroke, I'm the one in control, and I'm putting it where I want to go, you know? Right. Um, it just, so I just feel better in the rocks, but then the negative I'd say is like flat turns or like straight away tight. Like you just, just traction in general, just hammer. Yeah. You hammer it and it doesn't slide out. And if it's too dry or super hard pack, like I can't, I can't get on as hard. And as apologies. Like, you know. Maybe I should pay attention more. Is more people on, you know, more professionals on two strokes or four strokes right now? I'd still, I'd say four strokes still, but I mean, Johnny Walker won last year on the beta two stroke and then him and I are first and second, Tristan Hart's right there too, but like first and second in the points on a two stroke. And I'm the only guy who's podiumed every single race so far this year. So, I mean, it works for me. It doesn't mean it's going to work for everybody. Right. Um, so, but I'm also running like, I think the reason why I went to four stroke was I just rode a bone stock bike. And it's like the Sherco is an enduro platform, right? So yep. it's it's meant to build traction and not spin and be smooth, like smooth power. Yeah, it's not really like and, it's not really free revving, right? That's more of like yeah, it yeah. doesn't have a very yeah, it doesn't have much of a hit stock. Right, like it doesn't want to spin the rear. So first thing I did when I was trying to side, I was like, hey, send me one with a high comp head, so it's responsive and it's yeah, you could say you have less traction, but like the tracks are pretty well prepped. So like, that's not really much of an issue. The rocks, there's no more water hole. So it's not like crazy slippery in the rock garden, but like that instantaneous hit is just the responsiveness helps. Like in the matrix when we're rhythming through, Yeah. if I'm on a stock two stroke, there's like the bull, like that it's just a little bit behind what you want to do. Yeah. And with the high comp head, it just makes it more responsive and, and easier. Whereas like on the four stroke, I feel like, you just pop in and you don't think you just rut, rut, rut and go right through. So I feel like I had to set my bike up to be a little bit more responsive as a two stroke, just so it reacts quicker to what I want to do. Um, last question. I know we're, we're both kind of, we, we talk about electric technology a lot. I know. Do you still have your Frankenstein bike? The senior project bike thing I yeah, made. Yeah. For, I, I think it's like an, I don't know. It's, it's at someone's house. I don't know. I some I don't 
I don't talk to very many people I go to school with anymore. Maybe I'm just a loser. You're just re- you're just you're married. You got kids. That's what happens, dude. It's just it's I just have straight too up. much on my plate. Yeah. But yeah, electric bikes. Um, do you think that'll be ever? Do you think that will make it in what you're doing in enduro cross? Do you think we'll see guys that are really good like you race electric? I mean, I at some point, yes. Like I feel like everything for some reason is being forced to go that way because they think it's green, I guess. But like, I don't know. I saw the Stark Varg. Is it just a Stark? Yeah. Varg. I don't yeah, know Stark Varg. Yep. Like the thing looks clean. It looks good. Like I was at Thunder Valley and Derek Anderson, like X pro was doing some testing and riding on it just to try it out. And he was pumped on it, but like, it's got like this huge screen on the, dash like an interface i'm like dude i just i got a dirt bike like i don't need a tablet up on the front of my bike like, yeah right just, they just need to stick to a dirt bike that's my that's my mind. so a little bit less digital more analogish yeah right. yeah i don't know it doesn't we don't need a tablet on our bike yeah yeah it seems kind of weird when I, that, that, yeah you, you get on the thing and you put in google maps to find your nearest charger when you run out of battery you know yeah it is strange right like when i when i had it when i was riding it the other day i didn't even know it was a phone i thought it was a built-in bar pad and just like an interface i didn't know it was actual phone but it's an actual yeah, like fucking pops phone out, like it's an actual phone yeah. like connected to the bike right i'm like what is this just give me like a green light green means go red means off you know what i mean yeah that's kind of like what the alta was that's how i explained it i go the alta is more analog feeling than now you got the yeah. stark which is more of a digital kind of age but I think the amazing thing about the electric bikes is just the tunability, I guess we'll call it. Is it called tunability? Yep. Program, pro, programmability. Yep, all of it. Um, obviously, the mapping you can do is endless compared to a normal internal combustion, whether it's four-stroke or two-stroke. Like, you can you can do crazy amounts of changes. So, like, well, you know, we did a high comp head and a couple other things, but, like, you can fine tune so much stuff. Well, yeah, like you can go motor. buy a 60 horsepower Stark and you're like, oh, I want the 80 horsepower. Well, okay, that's one push of a button and they'll send the horsepower to you. Yeah, or you're doing a hardened row event and you're in Tennessee and you're in a creek and uh, you have no traction. You're like, hmm, let's just go into 25 horsepower mode right? and not spin. So it's, uh, I just, the batteries, yeah, I think, are holding yeah. us back. Yep. That, that technology is behind. And like I was talking about me being with Alta for a few years and then now riding some of this newer stuff, the battery technology hasn't advanced that much. No, not right. enough. Right. Well, Hey, but I think we'll, we'll be there eventually. I, I don't think know. so. I'll, at this point, I'll probably still be there, but who knows? Uh, how much longer we got? I got another year on the contract. Okay. So I'll be, 36 when that ends God, but it's, you're 36 you're gonna be 36 God, you've been doing this a minute man i know i was probably like 24 when i met you or something maybe yes. young maybe younger young just full of life now you're beat down young, by life vibrant. <laughs> now i just now I just the wrinkles keep appearing i saw like a gray beard hair the other day and i was like oh no it's coming that's coming and yeah now yeah you got a family so that's going to give the grays too i know like in Probably like four years from now, I'll be basement husband. You know? <laughs> no, you won't let me outside. Anymore. Dude, you'll never be basement. You're a good looking dude. No, so don't don't <laughs> even try to come over here. All right, you're way too good looking. <laughs> uh, all right, all right, all right. Well, I appreciate you taking the time and answering uh, the gentleman's question, and uh, we're we're big fans over here, and we look forward to seeing you win this championship. All right, I'll give it a go. See what we can do. Thanks, Cody. Talk to you soon. Uh, yep. See bye. ya. Bye.
Cody Webb, everybody. Remember when you were just Cody? Uh, you love Cody, Aiden. Did not personally. Like, you, your heroes growing up were enduro cross. Were guys. enduro. I was just. I was thinking. I remember one race that I vividly remember was 2012 Las Vegas. Yes. Last round enduro cross was like a three way battle between Taddy, Mike Brown, and I want Cody. No, uh, was Cody on? A, did Cody ride a beta one time? I don't really remember. It was number five on a beta. It wasn't. I forget who it was. I wanted to say it was Max Gearston, but I don't think it was Max. Was it Kyle Redman? Ah, uh, you know what? It might have been Kyle. Yeah, but I feel like 2012 Endurocross was the gnarliest. Like, 2012. 2012, because you had Justin Sewell, Colton Hacker, Taylor Robert, Cody, Cody, Mike Brown, Mike Brown, Taddy Blazuziak. Coy Graffunder. You had Ricky Dietrich. Ricky Dietrich. It's your guy, Eddie. Jamie Lanza. That's right. No phones on the show, Eddie. Thank you. I'm actually sending an email for no. you. Jamie Lanza. Well, that's another Jamie. one. Jamie uh, Lanza. There's a Geico guy. I forget who the Geico guy was. Number 11. Redmond was a Geico guy for a while. Redmond was on a Honda CRF 250 with Geico. Maybe, okay, so the, that was Redmond then on a, on a Geico bike. But I feel like, in, honestly, I feel like Endurocross is kind of like slimmed down a little bit. No. Really? I think here's the difference. I feel I'm, like more teams have gone away, I feel yes. like. Here's the problem with Endurocross now. Everyone's good. That's true. Dude, everyone, like, I, when we had these, so I had, I hosted the Husqvarna KTM team for their, like, Christmas ride day. Yeah. You know, they, they, the, the mechanics came up and rode. We rode from the house, and they brought their off-road team. The off-road team came up and rode. And guys, like, I've never heard of, like, LeBlonde. No, do nothing about him. Me and Colton were talking about him. And Rips. Ryder LeBlanc, unbelievable. He's like Colton on steroids. Huh. Like, he's gnarly. But, I mean, when it comes to racing, Colton's still gnarly. Like, he's still winning. Yeah. Ryder is still kind of young. But, like, just raw talent. He was telling me, Colton was telling this kid Ryder never raced in his life. He just grew up watching videos of Colton doing his thing and then did all this shit in his backyard. <clears throat> and then just now started racing. Yeah. So, like, these kids are quality or high. Yeah. And then now they're starting to race. But yeah. Endurocross, the, the levels are so gnarly. On the Europeans but, are coming over here, and they're yeah. unreal. So, on the Endurocross, like he just said, though, do you think that it's a little bit of, as like you said, the courses are getting a little easier? I would say so. So, then it's kind of leveling the well, playing field out a little bit? Well, I, what he said, they're not using the water anymore. Right. So, that's what really Which, slowed it down. Could you think of that? Like, trying to go through rocks or I trying did. to wheelie over these things after dude, coming out of water? <laughs> dude, 2012 Las Vegas was gnarly. It Because what happens is the water gets strung around the whole track. Oh, that's in New Orleans, right? No. Yeah, the, the New no. Orleans, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Wait. Yeah. Oh, they were oh, yeah. oh you're talking about, okay, yeah, yeah, the arena, yeah, yeah. The, yeah. So the water gets strung out around the whole track eventually because yeah. you got all these riders going through the water and it's Slick. just dripping off the bikes around the whole track. So then everything is a snot. Yeah. It, it is. Most of those were built out of the clay. So. Especially that year, too, because the water right before the rocks. And the, the that was like the longest rock sections because you had to turn and then turn again. And how about Brownie jumping the water? Yeah, Brownie. You got concrete. Yeah, I don't understand, dude. dude. I remember that Ontario. Oh yeah, <laughs> but here's the thing. He remember he remember he faced it the one time, broke oh. his wrist. Yeah, broke his wrist. Done. That's, yeah. that's what I'm saying. Yeah, yeah. I want to jump this pool. And I want to break my like yeah. what? But There's dude, no it forgiving. was it Wild was Wally gnarly. Palmer. 
Dude, that dude was so... Dude, see, Old Enduro Cross? <laughs> see, we could do a whole other show about this. Dude, it, it's old, legit. Old Enduro Cross, I feel like, was way gnarlier back then than it is now. Because, I like, I think Cody was saying, like, it's... They yeah. know more now. Yeah. So it's not so gnarly. Well, well listen to the balls and stuff they're talking yeah. about with the tires, how they can change the moose yeah. pressure. What kind of balls? What? Moose balls. Moose, moose balls. balls. Yeah, yeah. Like, I mean, it's, I've actually seen those. Well, they know, they know more and the tracks have gotten easier. So um, here we go. I'm a senior in college. This is Casey. God, this guy's last name is gnarly. Klee Schulte. Cliche. Klee Schulte. Okay. Casey Klee Schulte. I'm a senior in college with a major in marketing and a minor in sports and entertainment. Any advice on how to get in the industries? We kind of talked about that. Like, yeah. look, if you guys want to get into something that, you know, two-wheel related, Southern California, as of right now, I don't know if it's going to be this 10 years from now. It's still the mecca to get into it. The cost of living sucks here. Everything I'm sure sucks here. Not everything. I mean, yet. Our we weather is awesome. Weather. We pay for our weather. Yes, sir. Um, our tracks are dwindling down. But the, our sport is here. You need FaceTime with people. It's it's people say, ah, it's who you know. You suck this guy's dick. You do knew that guy. Well, it's that not too. so much of that. Yes, you have it to helps. be a nice guy. You have to know people. But that's like anything you do. Can you turn that line over there? Not yeah, yeah. not in the I think that in the division that he's trying to go into, marketing and management, that's different. Yeah. I think a lot of that comes down to your resume and and you know, your experience. Right. Trying to become a factory mechanic. I walk those roads. It is, dude. It is 100%. You, you could be the best mechanic out there. You can have the best. I had the best riders through amateur racing. I had every team green high-level rider, but because I didn't schmooze with the right people or I opened my mouth too much, <laughs> that could be that one. that's it. That's but, the one right there. <laughs> bing, 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 bing. But it's, it, it overlaps my ability. You know, when I worked for, for say, RV or Stroop or Alessi, yeah. I never had mechanical failures. My bikes never broke. We right. won championships, and we went on. And I never got a, a shot to go with one of those guys on a factory stage. So this depends where – if you're trying to go into the marketing side, yep. college and, and having the resume and getting your foot in the door is the way to go. If you're trying to be a mechanic – you better be at every outdoor national smoozing these guys and hanging and it, out. And, and it helps. If you're if if you're Casey and you're in the marketing, it's nice to be you, – you actually have to know the sport. If you're a marketing major, all right, and you ride dirt bikes, that is almost like a unicorn nowadays yeah, because huge. you see these mar- – I deal with marketing people, some yep. of them, not saying all of them. They don't know shit yep. about the actual – our industry, like yeah. core people, like us that ride, we're core. They're not core. They're the smarter people right. that are getting into our sport. But if you rode and core and you have a marketing, dude, you're going to kill it at yeah. your job because you're going to get it. Yep. And you're going to help the people that you work for. You're, just, you're more educated to talk about yeah. it and move. Because our sport is tight knit. Like you can bring in whoever the top dog at some other uh, company and put him in our sport. It's not going to mean it's success. Right. Like you have to understand what we do. Right. And you have to be relatable to people. Yeah. Like most of us, let's say, well, are middle-class people that like to be outdoors, you know, unless you're the vet, older vet guy, you know, like David Martinez and just want a bunch of carbon and, and titanium. Just dripping. Yes. That's our new thing is dripping. Yeah, just, just dripping carbon. Hey, your bike is dripping. Hey, dripping man, I'm lead. dripping. I'm dripping 4130 don't, chromoly. Hey, don't, sucker. don't give Deuce Deuce that, our new lingo. That might be in his next rap mm, song. You never know. So, yeah, Casey, being in Southern California helps like we were talking with Andy. Uh, being persistent yet not pushy. 
yep. uh, and meeting people. As I still think in our industry, looking someone in the eye, shaking the guy's hand firmly goes a long way. I shake a lot of limp fucking hands in I our shook, industry. I shook everyone today. Um, so yeah. people limp. people read that kind of stuff in our industry. You know, so just just know that. Um, all right, we'll we'll try to wrap this up. We're going on two hours here. I know you gotta get home. I'm good, dude. I got a babysitter. Hey, Kiefer, I'm coming off a 2019 250SXF that I love and now have a 2023 250SXF with 12 hours on it. I cannot get used to the rigidity and extra feedback I get riding. Is there any hope for the bike breaking in more and being able to gain similar comfort as my old bike? No. <laughs> Sorry. Hashtag You're never going to get the, the same comfort as your old frame. You can make it better. Uh, engine mounts do help. 23.5 offset clamps do help, but you're never going to get that feeling as your old bike. I'm sorry. You can help it along. I'll try to help you on my website as much as I can, but if you want that exact feeling, that is a big negative. You're yeah. not going to get it. Um, again, just like we talked about earlier, you're along for the ride here. The new FE frame is going to be different, and that will switch up the 25 bike, so that will be your saving grace if you can wait Till 2025 on the 250SXF, or there's a factory edition 250 coming, so you can get one of those. Aiden, you're a good person. That You're a young kid. You think it's rigid, too. I think it's rigid, yeah. Compared to your Cowie. Yes. So you feel more of the track with the KTM versus your Kawasaki. Yeah, and just, like, certain characters of it. Like, it... <sighs> rigid, they're my hands, and they're... Like, it makes my hands hurt, honestly, from riding my Cowie. Um, I compared to your Cowie, you mean? Compared to my Cowie, yeah. yeah. Uh, I feel like there's more vibration in it. Yep. So it's just a softer feel with aluminum at, at this point right now yeah. until they get something different. I um, almost feel like like I, I'd like to know, when, what was his name, Casey? Uh, Kyle. Kyle, when Kyle bought his bike because I would say every media outlet kind of forewarned him, like, hey, this thing's very rigid, it's very aggressive. And we all say, hey, after 10 hours it gets better. Yeah. But better doesn't mean 19. Like, yeah. Yeah, you, yeah, we ain't never getting well, the good news is, and we talk about frame stretch on some of these shows, your frame will last longer on the new bike. Yeah. I will say this. I've put a lot of hours on the old chassis, and it's like a wet freaking noodle around 70 hours. And on a jet bike, 70 hours isn't, isn't horrible. Yeah. But this new frame, um, I've gotten near there, not quite there, near there on the older bike, um, and it is way less noodly. <laughs> in the old frame so it will last now. longer will last longer uh benny landry what percentage of the time do you think it's a problem with the bike versus a ment mentality problem with racing i think it's 90 percent in your head when you're not riding good he wants to know hey you're going the track and i'm trying to blame something and so i'm going to go with the bike versus me so uh, look at i'm kind of a good person to ask this because I'm a thinker, right? I test all the time. So when I race, I'm thinking. So I got to turn my brain off at times and be like, look, you got to suck it up if something doesn't yeah. feel right. It is what it is. And I think some of these people have a misconception on when they get suspension revalved or they get a kid or I, right. I do something that I'm never going to feel a bump in my life. That is false. A bump is a bump. I always use the rock explanation. It's like dropping a rock either from six feet high or three feet high. You're still going to feel it. It's a matter of how you feel it. Right. So, yes, I do think some people um, use it as an excuse. And 
I think in the world of professional racing, bike setup is very important. These guys are an elite level, and when they don't have the feeling, and let's face it, if you ride dirt bikes, the feeling is what you chase. If you don't have it, you don't go fast. Yep. You don't feel planted. You don't feel confident. If if I feel my bike is harsh and skatey, I'm not going fast. Yep, you're backing it off. So some of it, yes, has to do with bike setup. In the professional sense, I think it's more so than us idiots sitting here in this room. Right. I think it's more in our heads thinking, oh, we want this feeling. Well, you know, the squareage is squareage. Yeah. Try hopping it over a little bit more. Use yeah. body technique. Or, do something or, different. Or move six right, inches or, to the right or left. Exactly. And that, that honestly, I've been tuning in more to that since I crashed, you know, at Glen Helen month, two months ago, whatever it was. Uh-huh. And, you know, like we talked about at Glen Helen on Tuesday, you know, going up uh, Showy Hill. And I'm like, man, my bike is just so harsh when I hit that bump. And you're like, yeah, mine's doing the same thing. Right. And then the next time I went out, I just cut and squared up out of the bump. And then I'm like, oh, not that anymore. was dumb. Yeah. But had I not addressed this or, with you or guys asked. or talked about it, I would have hit that same line for 20 minutes. It would have beat the crap out Thinking of me. Thinking it's you and the body. Yeah. You would have been hurt. Yeah, I would have been complaining. That's a great. Eddie brought up a great question. Wait when we're in our me. own world riding, we think it's just us. Yeah. I'm feeling this. Yeah. No one else is feeling that, right? Yeah. Well, yeah. Everyone yeah. else is feeling it. Like when you're tired in a 15-minute moto, you think homeboy and right in front of you is not tired? <laughs> yeah. He's tired. Yeah. So it's how you dig. It's how you adapt. Six inches is a lot in a lot of things. Yes. And we can talk about six inches. Yep. If I had six inches to the left or right, it, it would work better. Yeah. But in for motocross, sure. it's the same freaking thing. Jeez. Same thing. Yeah, stop. Like, for, for this gentleman, make sure you're moving around on the track. Yes. You know, like, make sure you're looking for lines because, you, like you said, you could, I think he said 90% is mental, and I would agree with him because you hit that same bump two laps in a row, and now all of a sudden – the third lap comes, it's in your head. The fourth lap, it's in your head. Well, now instead of thinking like, oh, I hit it twice, it sucked, I need to move over six inches inside or out and miss it, now you're just tightening up, tensing up to hit this bump, it's in your head. It's basically going to go with you from the rest of the race, and you will hit that same bump for the next five laps right. until you until the race is over, and then you tell your buddies your suspension sucks right. when outside or inside is a smooth line. Yeah. So I agree, it has a lot of mental. Yes. Oh, man. Uh, unbelievable. So, yeah. So, you just got to you, you gotta have to just move around a little bit or, you know, understand what you're feeling and then make adjustments accordingly. It yeah. takes and, – and that's that's art in itself as well as trying to understand what your bike is doing and then, you know, coinciding that with what to change. Yep. So, yeah. Tough. There's a lot there. Yeah. Uh, I just got a picture from Kellen. If you guys know Kellen from Racer X, um, you know Kellen's a soul rider through and through he has fox boots and he wears fly gear and uh, i thought we straightened him out uh well he just sent me a picture he's all straight up he just sent me a picture of a whole fox kit decked out he is looking good so boy kellen Kellen, the soul rider is gone he is no longer he is now kellen factory aka dripping carbon that's what he is now (laughs) he's dripping carbon he's drippy he's drippy all right uh gavin delker we met gavin in oklahoma Honda guy that was ripping around with us when we were at uh yep. he was shredder. He's yep. a shredder. Yep. He also I think he serves in the Navy, if I'm not mistaken. Thank you. I think uh yep, thanks Gavin. And sorry if Gavin if I screwed that up, but I think it's the Navy. Um for us cheap guys, what do you think of Tusk brand intermediate tires compared to a Dunlop thirty four? Dunlop thirty four. 
Well, no <laughs> shit. <laughs> Right. He said cheap guys and he's oh, looking for a com- guys. he's looking for a comparison. That's uh, so I have ridden the tusk and you guys may ask why haven't you put it up on the website? Look. So there is a couple of this is what I wanted to do and I'll just come clean. I wanted to do a less expensive tire shootout which never came around to it. So I have tested it and I actually could put that review up which reminds me I, I can do that. So the tusk tires I don't want to say they're copies of certain brands, but the tread pattern looks a lot like other brands. The thing that is not as good is lean angle traction. You're never going to find the exact lean angle traction as you will as a Dunlop. But if you want a tire, they last fucking pretty pretty long. So along with having a tire that lasts long, of course you're not going to get the same amount of traction. But... Gavin, if you're in good dirt, like you guys are back in Oklahoma, and you have nice... Clay, sand, dirt. Yep. They're fine. They'll, it's not going to be it's as, not gonna be as crucial. Yeah. Out here where it's hard pack and shitty, yeah. we look more on the on the edges of our tires than you guys do. You guys are point-and-shoot type of riders. You're in a rut. You're around the corner, and you're in a rut. So you're not moving around a lot, um, and you have lots of traction. So they are great tires for that kind of person and dirt. I think, uh, I think you'll find yourself... Pleasantly surprised on how how little you think of a difference you'll feel coming yeah. from a Dunlop MX34. Sure, Dunlop is a superior tire over a Tusk, but that's not what Tusk is after or Rocky Mountain. They're, ask, they're asking, hey, guys, do you want to spend less money? Here's yep. some tires. Last a little bit longer. Not as much traction. Heavier tire. Go enjoy yourself. Yeah. So that's my thought, Gavin. Uh, thanks for that explanation, Aiden. That's great. I'm glad. <laughs> I'm glad you're there. <laughs> 34. Sean Cornell, would you rather would you rather a suspension set up? Oh, would you? This is what they put, people. I'm sorry. Would you rather a suspension set up that's a little too soft or a little too stiff? Too soft. 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 Yep. And this is West Coast. Okay. Now again, people say Kiefer, f you, Kiefer. You live on the West Coast side of the United States. It's nothing like us here in Ohio or Florida. North Carolina or Alabama, anything Georgia. Like that. You are right. You are right. If I had more people and more money, I would send an East Coast Kiefering yeah. testing over there and have one over here. The thing that's crazy, these people have no idea. You know, I mean, we can't touch too much on it, but how much you ride on the East Coast. Yes. They have no idea. I know. And that's the part that, that I guess maybe – Deep down inside for you is a little frustrating because you can't speak to it, but right. you know what the dirt's like at Redbud. You know what the dirt's like at Millville where you just were. You know what the dirt's like in Georgia. Yep. You know what the dirt's like. So you're not just saying, oh, I'm speaking to West Coast. You True. always iterate like my my time on the East Coast dirt, this is what it's going right. to feel like. And that's kind of what I... I try to tell people, and, and maybe if you guys can read between the lines a little bit, because there's a lot of things that I can't talk about. Maybe one day I'll be able to. It'd be fun to talk about all these things that I get to do and, and test and ride. But uh, I understand what you guys are talking about, and I get it. Your complaints are valid. And all of us media assholes that do the testing, we're out here in California, right? And I don't know what those other people think about but i think about you guys in softer dirt a lot because one i'm envious yes very because i ride over there and i'm like holy shit riding is a lot more fun back here yeah uh ruts are unbelievable uh 
the way you guys live is is better than where we live as far as just quality of life, I feel like. So what I'm trying to tell you guys is I understand it, and yes, there are it, – it, it is different. Like you – of course, like I would like to have a softer setup here for square edge, harder pack, intermediate type dirt. Aiden and I go to Oklahoma, and I said East Coast. People get pissed off, so I – it's not East Coast. It's East from where we are. Yes. Softer dirt, grabbier. I mean, you were there. Yeah. You were like, holy shit. Yeah. It's way different, right? It's way different. You had to stiffen your stuff up. Yep. So for me, I would rather have a stiffer setup on softer dirt because I have hold up. I can dive into corners because the dirt is sucking me up. When I go to Loretta's, you can't get stiff enough. Yeah. And, and that East Coast dirt gets wavy. Yes. And not square edge. So it's and you're not hitting these walls. So even if you do hit those walls, Eddie, on the East Coast, it's still, I want yeah. a stiffer set because it's a softer dirt. Yeah, yeah. You're Forgiving. breaking through the wall a little bit. Yep. So you need that hold up. Yeah, for sure. So I agree. At Loretta's, you'll find guys a lot going, oh, oh, dude, my stuff's too soft. My stuff was too soft this year, minus all the other shit going on with me. But like, <laughs> my fork was just too soft. Like, I would dive into these corners and my front end's really low. I was like, crap, I had to add a little bit more air within what I had, and that helped me a little bit. But So if you're on the West Coast side of things, you have harder packed dirt, softer is always better. I'd rather bottom than have deflection. East Coast, softer stuff, I'd rather have better holdup and maybe slightly less comfort just so I can have more holdup, more performance. Right. Again, performance and comfort are two separate things, people. Yeah. Um. How much more do we got? Oh, God dang. We're not going to get through all these. Um, seem like us vets are so stuck on setup and parts. Do you think it's just better to nerd out on the bike or just put in seat time? This is the heady. Yay! Break nerd that. out. Put that carbon on. And break that one. Break Eddie. it down again. Let's break it. Oh, you want me to break it down again? Yeah, read that question one more time. Sorry. Seems like us vets, a.k.a. Eddie's in the world, are so stuck on setup and parts. Do you think it's better to nerd out, a.k.a. Eddie, or... Just put in seat time. Uh, nerd out. I'm going to answer this for Eddie. Nerd out and put all the carbon and bling and shit you can find. So and I'm going to answer for Eddie as well. And Here, walls. Here's what I'm going to answer. I'm going to answer like Eddie's not here. <laughs> Guys like Eddie find enjoyment in building their machines and looking at the machine as they're building it. That is almost, maybe as much, almost as exciting as riding the bike itself. So I can understand that. So depending on... And this guy doesn't really – it's a vague question. Do you think it's better? I don't know what's better. What you want to do? Do you want to be fast? Yeah. Do you want to be better rider? Or, or do you just want to have fun? If you're on the have fun side, why not do both? Why not, if you have the disposable income, nerd out on your bike? Yep. I like nerding out on shit all the time. I nerd out on things all the time. I'm just not worried about looks as much as Eddie. Right. I like to nerd out on feeling and holy shit, this does what? Right. Wow, I feel that. That's what I nerd out on. I appreciate a good-looking bike like any other person would. I'm just not in the garage doing it like he is, right? So depending on what you want, if you want to become a better rider, ride. You don't need all the, the cool parts, A kit, and things like that. It's not going to help you become a better rider any faster than you putting seat time in. Right. Good. Yeah, so I spent many years as a factory mechanic. So I want to build bikes for myself 
like I used to build for these kids and these other riders. Mm-hmm. So that's why I, I do the nerd out. But look, look, I love seat time. I love riding my motorcycle. So I don't really see how one is going to invade in the other one. Like you get a new motorcycle, you nerd out, you, you, as our new word is we're using, you make it drippy, <laughs> you put all the stuff on it, and then you're done. <laughs> how, how is that going to stop you from continuing to ride two, three days a week? Correct. It doesn't. Right. So it, personally, my motorcycles, I never put anything on it that's going to enhance, um, not enhance, it's going to depreciate the feeling of the motorcycle. So like, hey, I'm not going to run these triple clamps knowing that they suck and they're no good, but they make my bike look sick. No, I, I, I'm, I'm not that drippy. I put things on my motorcycle <laughs> that, that make it look good but work better than yep. what the stock did, mm-hmm. which we've either already tested or we know it does. Mm-hmm. That doesn't stop me from still riding two days a week. Right. So, it, it do you Give me the ratio of building the sick bike or riding a sick track, give me which one is better. Give me the ratio. I would rather ride a sick track. Okay. Yeah. Like I mean, if you're saying, hey, you you could ride a you know you could have rode Ryan Villapoto's factory kicks 250 that I built them back in the day, mm-hmm. or you could have Redbud in your backyard. Oh, dude, I want to ride. Give me Redbud. Give me Redbud every on. day of the week. But he's not going to be able to ride the bike. So what's enjoying? Like why? Yeah. No, give me Redbud. Because riding a track like Redbud or something. Look, look at the boner you had when you went on Redbud. Look at the boner you had. Yeah, it's and we don't have that at your disposal. No, he like, was freaking out. That was the first taste of East Coast he's ever had. Yeah. He was on. He was like, <laughs> and that's probably. I mean, I've rode both. For, you know, back in the day, like, they'd have mechanic race days and stuff on Fridays when we used to practice. Yep. And so I rode them both. And I've actually rode, I rode Beamington, too. Which, Beamington, yeah. Yeah. Uh, Redbud and Millville are, like, yeah. I pick Millville because I'm friends with the Martins, yeah. and I've known them for so long. So I would pick Millville just to, <laughs> because I like those. I don't know, Big a, Tim's a good dude. That's a, I, th- it is. Big I, Tim's I, a good dude, man. Red, <laughs> Red Bud is awesome. I mean, a place, I Red think. Red fucking awesome. The only thing Red that Bud. would stop me from Red Bud is going there for 15 years and hearing 100,000 people scream Red Bud okay, from, the, bleeding by the, from the minute the roosters are crowing till the minute that sun is gone. And I went to Unadilla. To go watch, and I screamed "Red Bud" at Unadilla just to say, <laughs> just to piss people. That's off. That's another good track too, but that's a, that's a brutal. That's I was in the middle track. of Unadilla fans like "Red Bud," and people were like, "What, what the, the fuck? What's wrong with this guy?" You're the wrong uh, state. You know what else would piss you off? Going there 15 years, not jumping Larocco's Leap. Yeah, could you I'll, go there 15 years and not jump it? I wouldn't jump that jump. Uh, it's it's we were weren't allowed Dude, last time to jump it, so, right? But I've jumped it before at yeah. other intros, and uh, yeah, it's it's fun jump. Yeah, it's big. It's big. It's it's bigger than you think it is. Yeah. I mean, just doubling up is because it's, well, it's such a high length. ramp. Here's the thing. The length isn't big. The old way. The the landing. Yeah. Fuck. Harsh. You case it, you're going down far. Who? who Jetson cased it, right? A-Ray cased the shit out of it and freaking blew both his wheels out. And uh, I think... Um, Dagan cased it. No, I'm talking years ago. Uh, Kenny the, cased it. Remember, Kenny cased it that year on the Honda. Oh, yeah. <laughs> How about the guy landing another kid in those, those yeah. Instagram? Yeah, that, that, yeah. That's crazy. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Redbud's good. I like, oh, I like good. looking at bikes, too. When he built my Blueretta's bike, that bike was so sick. There's a lot of enjoyment. It's like building a car. I think that's you just know? part of be, us being dirt bike people. We yeah. like to have our stuff look good. That like, makes me want to ride I even mean, more, though. What else is 
better than rolling your bike out of the dealership and putting it in your van or truck and then watching it, right? Like, that is the best day ever in life. Hi. Hey. Oh. My, yeah, my wife is still here, people. She just got home from work. Um, can we put some headphones on you before we wrap this up? Can we get a mom headphone in there? We've been doing this for four hours. Yeah, we got a long show, two hours and 35 minutes. So, um, so yeah, so uh, I just feel like their East Coast is just unbelievable, and you have a lot of different t- style of tracks. And Millville and Tim Ritchie at Redbud do a great job. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, I don't know. And this was, uh, this was a fun show. So hold on. We're going to have Heather in here. Put Hi. your mic close to the deal. Hello. Uh, scoot over. Just let mom sit down for um, a second. I came home. It's completely dark outside. The door's wide open, and it's quiet in the house. I was right. wondering if maybe someone are murdered the, are everybody. The, are, the cops, or are the cops still down there? So to wrap this show up, this is not a pulp show. We're not going to go four hours here. Eddie's probably going to get divorced because he's been. Oh, no. My wife's out partying. Oh, she is? She's, yeah. She's she's home. He's having are a you twisted gum? tea. I am. We can't do that. Uh, Gone. Jesus. Jesus. <laughs> Welcome home, babe. Can yeah. I have your gum? Yeah. Uh, so the people want to know, a lot of people are upset at me that I put snoring on my last show. How are we doing? Like, are you are you mad at me for snoring? No. Right. So everyone calm down. You're not mad. <laughs> you should move that earlier on in the show because a lot of people aren't going to make it this deep. No, they're going to make clear it. Your this conscience. show is going to hey, make it. What was the best year of Enduro Cross? The best year. No, hold on. Let's talk about the snoring thing. Well, we'll go to Enduro Cross, but you're snoring. We're we're not mad. You're okay with me putting it out there. Yeah, you got nice emails to suggest things. CPAP. You're gonna have a CPAP soon. (laughs) No, I'm not gonna have a CPAP. (laughs) You and Greg. Fighter pilot. You and Vader. I just want to say, Jill was wasn't happy with me either. Yeah, she was upset because I put it out there. Blew her. Blew her out. I blew you out. But here's the thing. We're so open about everything that it's And that's not what I told her. I said, do you think he just did that without talking to Heather about it first? Like, Oh, he didn't talk to me about it. Like you <laughs> farting you <laughs> farting, and be putting on it. That might be a step that I would not do, yeah. right? Like, that's come funny, on. though. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Jesus. But, I mean, it's part. It's so yeah. on the show, Heather, we yes. had Andy Jefferson. Oh. We had Destry Abbott. Oh. We had Gary Sutherland. Oh, shit. And Cody Webb. Wow. This is all Enduro It's cross? an Enduro cross show, dude. It's basically hey, an off road show. Yes. How come there was a call- lot of off road questions. How yes. come you didn't call Mike Brown? He wasn't uh, going to answer. You think he's going to answer? Uh, let's blow him out right now. Today is Mike Brown's first day away uh, from Alden Baker's factory. Oh. I don't want to say what because I'll let them announce it, but Mike Brown has switched to somewhere. We. I'm 99% sure. Hopefully this is right. Jesus Christ. I God dang. Right. Uh, but yes. So Mike Brown will be working with someone else. Not even someone else. Another people. Place. So people. that's exciting. Yeah. Congratulations yeah. to Mike Brown. On Saturday, I'm going to take out his front wheel. 20-inch Brown going down. And Enduro Cross. So what was your favorite year? Mom's <sighs> not going to know the years. Yes, dude. she will. What favorite year? Mm. Uh yeah, exactly. This is, this is not good for the, the show. First, the See. first, yeah, the one that you went to that you were like losing your mind screaming on that Ontario. That was Ontario. Yep. Ontario 2012. I, yeah, I don't know. Jamie I was Lanza, racing LCQ. and then I was beating Jamie Lanza. LCQ. In an LCQ. Was it an LCQ or was it a qualifier? No, it was LCQ. LCQ. You were winning you and then and you went Lanza. down and De- Aiden was screaming and he had veins popping out of his neck and he's like. <laughs> Jamie took you out. I was, fucking pissed. I was pissed. I was losing my mind. Yeah, and then five minutes later, Jamie's your best friend with Jamie. <laughs> I was surprised I was winning. 
Jamie's way better than Daryl. Well, Crossfire. you got you got jizzacked in the woodpile and the Matrix. Matrix. I hate Matrix. Matrix was Matrix? not your friend. Yeah, dude. I sucked. I'm a moto guy. I, I want to race the Daryl Cross. But that was the year that that Taddy Blazuziak just dominated. Eddie, you need to build me another road bike. That guy was unbelievable at that. Dude, who's that your guy, Taddy? Taddy. That dude was oh. so good back then. Who's I still want to find out. Still good now, but he's not as. I feel like he's not as good as he was back then. You know, that's one rider that you can say is well-rounded in everything that he's done is Mike Brown. Like, Enduro Cross. Oh, boy. <sighs> like, I need more Mike Brown. Like I'm just dude, saying. You Especially when lie. you got to race him this weekend. Yeah. <laughs> I don't care. <laughs> but I'm like, just yeah, saying. Like, you're right. Absolutely. He's a badass. Got an Enduro Cross. So, when you yell at me, and why do you let Mike Brown win? Yeah, don't I tell you. Don't I tell you. Yeah, don't say you, F. You have I, a, say, I say, because it's Mike Brown. Like, I'm not saying go win. I'm just saying, yes, he beat me, but I never was as good as but, Mike Brown. But you have more laps at Glen Highland, but though. Here's, so. But what I'm saying is how many other guys have raced and done all the different disciplines that he has done and actually done well at them? Ty Davis. Ty did Mike Brown. Destry Abbott. Taylor Robert. Taylor Robert did outdoors? Yes. yes. He did? Yeah. He was a moto guy first. He did Supercross? Yeah, he was really no, good. No, he never had Supercross. Didn't. I'm just telling you. I'm just giving you some some names that are similar. Okay, right? well. There are a few, but it's not very much. It's far and few. Yes. Gary's, oh, no, no, no. Gary Ty never, Davis was no. the OG, I feel Ty like. Ty Davis has a, a Supercross title. Yes. And became Mike, an off-road champion. Mike Brown does not have an off-road. He has an outdoor title. He has so an outdoor. That, yeah, but he doesn't have Way it. more than a regional Supercross title. Don't get me started on that. Is it? Yes. Okay. An AMA outdoor title versus a, a West Coast or East Coast region 125 title? Are you kidding me? What would you rather have? Supercross title. What? Yeah. You would take a 125 West, or now 250 West title over a 250 AMA outdoor national championship? <clears throat> I would take. I would take a supercross. Let me title. ask you this. Hold on. Wow. Are we? Are we? Just, are we debating Travis's titles? That well, why we're do debating? You, hold on. So why do you? Th- <laughs> why do you think these dudes don't Look. sign contracts for supercross well, only? Yeah, that's, that's what I was going to ask you. Look what's what's gonna pay more? I don't a care West about Coast the pay. Supercross I care about title? in your mind what's more. Oh. I'm talking about though. It's supercross oh, I, I is would bigger. Take, no, but I, if he's saying, at take the, the end money of the, out of it. Yeah, at the end oh, of the day, okay. if you got to hang your hat on something, you're gonna hang your hat on a regional supercross, which is eight races, half of the people you have to race, or are you gonna hang it on twelve outdoor motos racing against the entire lights? Class? And you can get a single digit. You can't get a single digit from. Yes, you can. You win an outdoor title, you can get a single digit. You can't get that. I don't even, that doesn't even matter. I would rather race the entire field for 12 grueling outdoor motos on different tracks, different conditions, and say, I beat everyone in the class for 12 weeks straight, and I'm champion. Instead of winning, going eight races and only racing half of the field. But what about the shootout at the end? You still got to race everybody. Yeah, but it's one race. That's just one race, yeah. It's two races now, but. So, well, anyway, yes, Mike Brown is a bad ass. We know that you love Mike. I do love Mike. Mike is not this weekend though. He is my enemy. He can don't say suck it. Good. Hey, I'm the only one to tell Mike Brown to <laughs> don't. Yeah. Yes. I'm the only one. <laughs> hey, I'm the only one who got balls with that. I'm glad. Uh, I'm glad there's no cameras around with my family when there's racing going on because it's not good. <laughs> it's I'm not good. One. It's not how I raise my family and like what I would like to see them portrayed as. So I'm glad that no one's there. Listen, I did tell Mike Brown, I'm like, I'm watching you. Hey, I tell Mike Brown something different. I win. <laughs> I win. Well, you better be nice to him because you're going to train with him. So you might want to like, <laughs> chill out a little bit. 
Oh so. my god! I actually, all right, okay. we're gonna wrap this show up. Is it's, that all? We're, we we're we're going on three hours almost. That, Let's that do it, dude. We should do a Glen Helen special, a twenty-four hours of a podcast. No, that sounds really That's boring. Not good. Ugh. No one's gonna listen to that. Um, <laughs> hey, speaking of that, I yes. got my show stats the other day. So thank you. The show is growing. It's pretty amazing to see where we came from. And like I said, the f- if you listen to the first ten episodes, God bless you because that was horrible. <laughs> um, I was doing it in a fucking closet. Dude, oh he my God. I would tell Heather, hey, I'm going to go do record. I didn't have uh, much equipment. I just left Dirt Rider. I go, I'm going to go record. And I would record it on a, on a handheld uh, piece of equipment. And I would go in the closet with all the clothes because it would Muffle. sound the best. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so I would spend an hour and a half in the closet. And <laughs> that's where I did that's it. So, so bad. That's, hey, hey. got to start somewhere, right? Have you looked at your very first episode that you've done to now, like what? Your what? How many views or plays you had on oh, yeah. the first episode? That's what I'm saying. So I got my stats, my Q3 stats. Uh, Steve sends those to me, you know, every quarter, and we're up a lot. So how much was your? Do you remember? Do you know? Oh, it was maybe in the hundreds. Right now we're in the thousands. So uh, let's say like uh, I don't know exactly what Steve. I don't know if he wants his stats out there, so I'm not going to say. But like we're doing, um, really good compared to Steve's. Like. We're not over Steve's, but we're we're doing good for being how long we've been in the game. Like like Steve's live podcast or just listens and views. Oh, you know. Okay. Yeah. okay. So <laughs> obviously, you guys a lot want me to do YouTube, and I would love to do YouTube, oh. but I don't know how exciting it would be just to have a camera on you sitting here all day. Like, does that mean like a vlog? You know, most of my shows are no, me like by myself talking, right? So if I have a YouTube camera of me, and people are like, "Hey, I know, I'm not gonna really look at it. I just want to." play it while it's going yeah. but I go what's the point of me having the video then you can just listen to this while I'm doing it but then people are like oh I just can go to your YouTube and I can watch you on YouTube and listen to the show but I'm like what are you going to look at I'm an ugly son of a bitch like <laughs> you don't want to look at me for one See, hour that's what, that's yeah what but Steve... sometimes you can people can read like hand right. signs and like your <laughs> attitude a little more like I built this podcast they, they could get more personal with you because they feel like they're there with you in the like room. when he's recording and the door something's going on and he's like yeah waving his arm and like giving me the look like you can get the real of what up. it takes to <laughs> film that's, this show. that's what Steve does good at is like has different cameras but they're on different guys like that's Marks, Marks. Marks yeah. that's that. Marks man but I'm saying that's Good, I feel like. That is good because you got to have people to do that. Yes. I don't have the budget to do that. Steve lives in a 8,000-square-foot uh, mansion. Yeah. We live in a 2,300-square-foot home. Like, it's <laughs> our 30-foot ceiling. The levels of... Like, Four ACs with yeah. Zonix systems in yeah. it. Yeah, Remember exactly. the levels of shit you were swimming through the other day? It's, it's the same thing with money. <laughs> levels of shit. Do you want me to refresh the memory here on the show? We're a pretty open podcast here. We I mean, can we talk, talk about it, too. We, let's talk about it. No, let's get. We're going to wrap it uh, up. So what did Gary have to say? He was uh, grocery teas. shopping with babies, so it wasn't that exciting. <laughs> oh, he wasn't twisted, <laughs> twisting tea in it? No. no. Twisted cheese and changing he was, uh He was grocery shopping, and I hear, doot, doot. Yeah. I'm like, oh, you're shopping. He's like, yeah, I got babies, and he's telling me about, <laughs> it. Tell me about 18 inch rear wheels and shit. So that's the realest wow. dude you're gonna. How get. Gary's life has changed. Yeah. <laughs> hey, I'll tell you why we did have a lot of off road questions. And there that says something. I think there was a lot. I think there's a lot more off road people out there than we think there is, and that's good. That's kind of why, if you guys don't know, you can go to my YouTube channel. I'm trying to bump start that up more. I don't do enough on there. So Simon Cudby and I are working together. We're gonna do more off road content. I'm going to work with Husqvarna and KTM to do more of their off-road stuff. So that will be going up on my YouTube channel as well as Off-Road Underground's YouTube channel. What, so, what did you do today? 
uh, 250X, 450X. More off-road Cali so, bikes. Um, that bike was fun. That would be something <laughs> fun for you guys to do. You and Aiden go race an enduro cross with like Destry and Cooper. I mean, there's another father son that Destry's not going to race though. He won't race. No, no he's going to race Loretta's. By the way, Destry's he coming no, back to no, Loretta's. Not. He just <laughs> he sat said? here and told us. No way. Yeah. yeah. Yes, he did. He Next says year. he's fifty does now. That mean, does that mean you're racing Loretta's now? 50. No, he's fifty. I'm not fifty. Fifty, bro. No, I'm <laughs> saying, does, is that giving you an? Oh, I want to. I might race Loretta's. Yeah. <laughs> if he does, wait, hold on. If wait, he wait. does, though, yeah, here we are on the ride again. <laughs> Welcome to the Chris Kiefer Loretta's roller coaster. Am, it's the race. We are going on a KTM depending. 350 for sure, without a doubt. Uh, but that new green bike, Ooh. yeah. But you won't have it by then. That'll be in my garage. <laughs> This is the shit I got to deal with. We yeah. talk about get on Eddie's roller coaster. <laughs> talk about we this son of a bitch. <laughs> He's gonna get a we. I want the Yamaha. Okay, I gave him the Yamaha. Here's your. This is your job. Okay, cool, great. I love it. And then the Cowie starts sniffing around again. Oh well, I don't know. I want to go with that intro. You can see it. And all I get is fucking Cowie photos in my DMs and my Instagram. Just Roman's bike nonstop. <laughs> Roman Feather's bike just. Jesus. Hold on. Wee. Wee. All right, let's can we wrap this up, please, so I can go eat Dude, dinner. This is a fun. That's yeah. fun though. <laughs> now we get Greg in here. Oh, oh this will be a Greg will start cussing and then start talking about his wiener, and then oh. that'll end the show right there. And we're out. This podcast took a turn. Uh, Coffee with the Kiefer's. It's it's been uh, lots of people pissed off that we're not doing it, so we got to do it. It's a well, good thing. Maybe because Travis and Allie are coming up this. It's going to be boring with Travis. Travis is not fun. Should have Mike Brown do it. He always says, I'm not fun. I'm way funner than Travis is. You, well, you need to get the Travis, the old racing Travis. I want you and your wife. Well, but mean, you got to, I told you to set that up for me. I, Yeah, we got to <laughs> set it up with her. I'm in. I have no problems with podcasts. <laughs> but I just want to make sure she's cool with it. Yeah. That's a great, I feel like your guys' dynamic and is more real world, more people have that than me and you. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? I don't yeah. feel like we're normal. <laughs> well, I guess yeah, like, like motocross is a small piece of my family. Correct. Where it's your whole family. Correct. So ours is like, you know, obviously my daughters play soccer or a soccer right. field five days a week. I feel like we had that real life early in Aiden's life, and then it yeah. left. Yeah. Left. You know? I miss it. Gone. Well, that's, yeah, it's, he's older now, so, you know, he can drive, do his own thing. Oh, can he? Yeah. Can he drive? <laughs> really? Huh. That's debatable. <laughs> He can drive. <laughs> he just can't back up. <laughs> uh, Heather at KieferIncTesting.com is the merch lady's email. And if you want to talk about snoring and how you want to get rid of it. I was told I was told by a certain someone that you need to push push your merch more. I, I don't know what else to do. That's 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 this lady's job. I, I'm just I'm, yeah. I'm just well, a middleman here. Push our merch. Screenprintingdone.com is ready to rock when we are. Okay? Yep. And Whenever you are. But if there is stuff here available, I would love to sell it. It helps. So yes. go to our store. We do have a shop on our website. You can click on that shop. Stuff that we do have in stock is up there. If you have questions or maybe you're like, I would love to see this for Kiefer Ink Testing. Heather at KieferInkTesting.com is the email to demand what you want. And demand it. <laughs> like, don't even say hi. Just say, I want just come in hot. We're coming into sweater sweater season, so. Oh, you sweater know I'm weather. all about that. <laughs> Hopefully your sweaters are stocked up. People say they want beanies. Do you want beanies? Beanies are cool. Really? And I'm telling you, if you live on the East Coast or up on top where it gets freezing, yeah. that, I don't know the name of it, but that blue one you have that's ultra thick, that's the perfect what one. What about long sleeve tees? Do you like long sleeve yes. tees? That's what I do. I, I I'm like telling them. you this, 
This one I have on right here yeah. is my favorite. I American can see flag. it's got a hole in it. Yeah, my dog did that on the way over here. She oh, jumped in her Halsey? Dang. Halsey's foot mm-hmm. got stuck Shocking in the pocket. Shocking that she jumped up on the million dollar dog. But this one, like, because you can take this, you can wear it at the gym. You can wear it on a run. Like, it's lightweight. Yeah, it's not bulky. Like we this make, is, we make maybe, nice yeah. stuff. We like nice stuff. Yes. So it might be good. a little bit more money than others, but it's going to be quality. It's good quality stuff. Yep. Um, Aiden, A-D-E-N, at keyforinktesting.com. If you're I young- got some video game emails, dude. I was stoked. <laughs> <laughs> I got some video game emails. You really need to cut this podcast off. Um, <laughs> and then we got Eddie. Eddie has an email, too. You're a, you need mechanical? Don't ask me. Uh, mine's going to be more technical testing bike stuff. But if you want to know what's going on with your engine or why, why, you got why is, do I have the class. shavings in my, like, it bubbles. I got bubbles. Bubbles? I don't know what the fuck you're talking about, bubbles. <laughs> but if you got bubbles, <laughs> Eddie at keyforinktesting.com <laughs> is E-D-D-I-E at keyforinktesting.com is the email to ask those questions. And please. Fire him away. Wait, Eddie has email? I want I want him to taste some of what I get. It'd be great. You just get I get him. Life advice. I am very appreciative for you guys' email and I'm glad to offer this service. But at some point in time, people, I'm gonna have a I'm gonna have to uh charge monetize this. Because <laughs> yeah. it takes up a lot of my time to eat to get I'm on my email a shit ton. If I'm not writing Straight from testing, I come in this office and I'm here answering emails. And these these people would be blown away on how much of like life stuff. Not even motocross related. Oh, I know. My wife's cheating on me. I want to be. Uh, I got a life. I, I got a wife a, cheating email. Uh, uh, yes, I want to be transgender, but I'm afraid the motorcycle community is not going to yep. accept me. Like, and look, I'm here for it. I, yeah. I, I'm a human being, like first and foremost, right? And I'm not gnarly like Steve. I'm not. I'm. I'm more. I have a heart. I understand things. <laughs> Damn. So Damn. Steve is not approachable. By the way, I heard that like that was months nah, ago. Steve is approachable. Is. I've seen. At the Millville ride day, I've seen people come up to Steve, and Steve will actually but talk to him. But that's his day. Like, yeah, yeah, he's try right. getting him at Supercross, where he's trying to get all these interviews that's, from these guys. That's different, though. That's like <laughs> that's someone comes. That's like someone no, coming to you at Sketch and saying, "Hey, man, try to talk to you for I, three hours hey, while you're working on a HVAC." I, I get it, dude. I love Steve. I'm, I've Steve's been around a great Steve guy. a long time. If it wasn't time. for Steve, Steve, we wouldn't be here. So. Yeah, I love Steve. I just he can um, be intimidating. I've got so many text messages. You can Holy be intimidating. Shit. It's good. Uh, I oh. God, hold on. Let's make one more call. Uh-huh. I thought we were done. We done. We already wrapped it up. And Who are we calling? Oh, hold on. Pull it back out. Who are we calling? Hold on a second. Who are we calling? Let's see. I guess you were interested. Hey, you're oh. on live with the show at the Kiefer Tested Podcast. You're on live. How's it going, Dark Side? Yeah. <laughs> it's uh, going, Kiefer. Are you chill testing? Do you uh, allow your voice to be on air? Yes or no? Uh, sure, why not? How's the love life? I just got this text message. We are wrapping this three hour. It's a three hour oh, show today, boy. Dark Side. What the hell are y'all talking about for three Dude, hours? This, if there's one show that you need to listen to, this is going to be it. We had guests calling it. So this was our our reader uh, question show, right? So oh, we yeah, answered, yeah, we okay. asked a lot of questions today, and we called cold called people for answers, and now we're wrapping it up. And we started with two people. Now we have four people in here. And now you, I look at my phone, and there's this text message. <laughs> Real quick, before we start this so conversation. So we couldn't end this show without a, a check-in with Dark Side. Who's in, who's in studio? We got my wife. We got Aiden. We got Eddie. Hi, we got Darks. Oreo. Oreo's Dark. in here, too. Eddie. What's up, buddy? What's up, dude? Okay, so 
Um, Love Life, can we talk about it here? On the, I mean, this isn't pulp, so I'm sure. Well, I wasn't expecting it to be on air, but I mean, I guess why not? Okay, let's go. So give us, <laughs> give us, let's, let's let's try to wrap it in. Can we do it in five minutes? Yeah, it's it's really early in on this thing. There's not a lot to tell. But okay, so who is ahead. this girl, and what what what's going on here? Well, just somebody I met on Facebook dating that we've had a couple dates. We're going to Dallas this weekend, and then she's coming to watch me race Sunday. Oh! Oh, my God. Dark. I love this. Don't jump anything. (laughs) Don't cry. (laughs) Fuck your precious But Dark side. This is going to be a lot of pressure for you, and this is no joke. I'm not lying to you. No pressure, bro. No, it kind of is. Good. Okay. First time I brought my girlfriend two years right. ago, I was scared. Like, you want to yeah. look cool, right? No, I just want to get out of there safe, man. I've learned my lesson. Okay, good. That's. I'm glad you have that outlook. So, yeah, yeah, can we say her first name? What's her first name? Uh, let's not do that yet. Okay. Okay. All can right. we get just an initial? Does she, have, does she know our industry? Uh, she no, she's learning a little bit. Like we, you know, she's asked asking a lot of questions. Does she, she know all about Dark Side the the character, or does she know Jamie? No, uh, I'd say Jamie. I mean, we've talked a little bit. Like she knows I do a show, so she know she's seen some of the messages or whatever. You know, the darks thanks to you. <laughs> so I had to I had to do some explaining. Uh, she definitely knows about the Kiefer's. Okay. And so, hopefully yeah, good things it's, about it's, it's new, man. Okay, good. So you met her on... I didn't know Facebook had a dating thing. I didn't even know that. I didn't even know that. Yeah, yeah. Oh, um, and then... So you've never met her yet? No, we have. Yeah, oh, we've okay. gone to a few... We've had a few lunch dates. Yeah, yeah. And nothing's happened yet? No. Nothing? No, it's, it's, it's fresh, man. It's, we've been talking for a few weeks. And kissing? Then we finally, Any kissing? Not even that yet. Okay, all right. That's good. Two lunch dates, man. It was... Yeah, it's, but there's a lot of conversations. So Day it's dates. very, very early. Good Day. for you, Doug. Hey, I hope. Uh, how old is she? Can we say that? Uh, forty-one. Any kids? Yes, kids. No kids. Yes, yes. One that's old, an adult, and one that's ten. Oh, we got a ten-year-old. Okay, so that yeah. that is not an Ball. obstacle, but that is something that is need to be Dark. talked about. Dark. Right? Yeah. Can we at least get a, the initial of her first name? What, what does that matter? Because I don't know. Okay, go ahead. I'll text you. Uh, Heather. Okay. Okay. I'm going to get the whole name now. I'm going to get the whole name. Why are you so scared about a first name? Like, anybody's going to find out? And then can you send me a picture? Eh, you know how Facebook stuff is. Yeah, yeah I, get, I, get, yeah. I get that. I get oh, that. we can research and find out then. That's what we're saying. I, I get that. We can. De- well, that You know who's good at detective work? Heather. Me. Heather. Yeah. <laughs> that's girls, though. Well, women in general. Yeah, that's, yeah. Yeah. We will sniff some shit out. Yeah, oh, there's nothing to be sniffed out yet. But, you know, mm-hmm. this weekend's going to, we'll see how it goes. Okay. It's gonna be, we're going to spend a lot of time together this weekend. Is, so she is she riding with you to the track or is she meeting you there? Yeah, we haven't actually discussed that yet. I don't think she knows how early I have to be there. So that uh, mm-hmm. we'll discuss that. We got to drive to Dallas Friday night for dinner. We're going to a really nice place. You're paying? So. Of course I'm paying. Stop. I'm just asking. I didn't know. I'm They're just going asking. Dutch. I don't know. I'm just, race, a, I'm just asking. Is the race on Saturday or Sunday? Sunday. Sunday. Okay. Yep. So you have some recovery time after okay, Friday good. night. Well, I'm riding. Yeah, I'm, I mean, I'm riding Saturday. Open practice, but yes. So you're driving back home Friday night. Mm-hmm. Just get some good recovery. Are you going to drink? No, not if I'm driving. No. Okay. Good. Um, Loser. I had a question. <laughs> <then>. Heather. <laughs> <laughs> You suck. <laughs> With Doyle rules, you suck, Dark. Uh, so there's one question I was going to ask. And I, How's chill training? 
No, shh, it's not. We don't care about troll training right now. We care about Dark's love life. How were the How were the listener questions? Were they good? It was good. We had a lot of great questions. We dived deeper than we thought we were going to, and now we're three hours into this some bitch. Yeah, that and, blows uh, my mind that you're doing a three-hour show. That's amazing. There's a lot of information in this in this episode, and a lot of fun. You know, people think, oh, you talk about X, Y, Z, but within those X, Y, Zs, there's a lot of point ones, point twos. There's a lot of things in those things. You know, I think yeah. it's a Q and A like this, you can't, you can't. I mean, you really. I think we would have done what three questions in an hour, yeah. with with people live calling in, cold calling people, getting. Right. I mean, you called uh, someone like Destry Abbott. Right. You're not just gonna. Hey, we have this question. Give me the answer in two minutes. Okay, Destry, see you later. Bye. Right. Like he spun off in different directions. We talked about enduro cross. We talked about off road bikes. We talked about Gary Sutherland and his babies and <laughs> shopping. And there's just a lot of shit Yo. going on. I love it. Can't wait to listen. And so, now it's dark. And, and his now it's dark in the love. Shit. I can't wait to put that in my caption on social media. Oh boy. You want to find about dark size love life? Skip to two hours and forty five minutes. Is she, is she uh, don't tell him to skip it. Is she blonde hair or is she dark hair? She's blonde. She's oh. blonde. I'll send, you, I'll send you a picture, Heather, and all that. Whoa. Send me a picture right now. Send me a picture right now so I can look at her on and I can describe her. Well, I'm yeah. to, all right. I, I got to put you on speaker. It sound good on air. Um, where's the race at, Dark? Swan MX in Tyler, Texas. Swan. When are you coming here to return your Kawasaki KX450? I was told December. Why are you not well, racing? So how are you not going? The the intro is on November 15th. So why are you not coming to that? And you've been on the KX the longest out of your whole group. I, I don't have an answer for you. I was told by ML that I'm probably coming out there in December. Should I three-way Michael Lindsay yes, right now? three-way him. That? Should I three-way Michael there Lindsay go. in here? Splice, yes. Three and a half hours. Splice Michael Lindsay in here right now? We might need some more twisted teeth. Michael Lindsay. Three, three way his ass. No, we'll spe- look at if Michael Lindsay was going to be four hours. Left, so. <laughs> and then we can talk about his new love life. God. Does he have one? Yes. Every, everyone chill down. Uh, we don't know yet. We don't know. We think. Everyone relax. He says. Listen, okay, I got the text message coming through. Okay. What? Da- Wait, you didn't oh, send it to me. Oh, wow. You didn't send it to me, That's dark. nice. Let me see. 40. Would you say 40 or what? 41. 41. Yeah. How's the music taste with her, Dark? She likes some of the stuff I do. She likes a lot of other like she actually is into like musical theater. She sings, but she likes she likes a lot of different kinds of music. Short hair, huh? She has like a um I thought you didn't like short hair people like me, remember? She has a kind of like a rockabilly vibe going on for me. Okay. Yeah, maybe. You kind of see that? Not really. Okay. Let me see. But let us see. Like a little rockabilly kind of vibe-ish. You know, I feel like she'd be like a rockabilly kind of chick. Nah. Let, let us see. Let us see. All right. Let's so, see. Um, all right, Dark. That's it. I just was chilling and checking your still the love life. Ooh. So, yeah. Well, hope you have a good time. Um, ha- where do you go into dinner? What's the, the place called? Well, I'm not going to give that shit out. Who oh, do you think you know, anybody's going to go to di- the, the dinner? Come on. <laughs> Paparazzi's going to show up. <laughs> it's like Travis Kelsey and Taylor Swift signing in a bar. Who are you going to be for next Halloween? I'm going to be dark in his rockabilly chair. <laughs> hey, maybe someone will show up and pay for your dinner. Right. No, we're good. Uh, we're just going to a nice steakhouse in Fort Worth. Oh, Excellent. are you going to Saltgrass? <laughs> it's nicer, way nicer than Saltgrass. <laughs> What the hell, Saltgrass? Isn't that where you guys went with uh, what's his name in Midland? No, that's that was like something else. That was something else. All right, we got to wrap this. It's oh. getting bad. The show's yeah. getting really bad. Yeah, <laughs> it's gone right. too long. Dark, 
Uh, hopefully this goes well. I hope she's the good one for you, and I would love to go to your wedding at some point. Can, he, can, <laughs> okay. he, can Chris officiate it? Am wedding, I going to be in your wedding? Would I be in your wedding party, you think? If, if there was ever another wedding, absolutely, you'd be invited. So I would be a groomsman. He said invited. Absolutely. I could be, right? Well, like, I, I feel be? like I've had a big response. Like, I feel like you should marry him. Yeah. <laughs> You should be since I, Michael. Would be hey, so good. I was it's gonna, easy. I was gonna, I was gonna marry Michael and his ex when they were together because I was gonna get ordained. Oh, yeah. was gonna, it's easy yeah. to do it. Oh, it's, I can do it online. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. My dad's yeah. www.ordained.com. <laughs> do you, Jamie Darkside? Could you imagine? <laughs> could you imagine Take. him marrying him? How bad that would spin off? Like, you'd be standing <laughs> up there for three hours. Take, like podcast. Take you, Alice. <laughs> Uh, Alice Rockabilly uh, Smith. <laughs> do you, Jamie? Duck. Is there anyone to uh, object this this marriage? All of a sudden, you're dead. Lamb of God's playing in the background. And that's right. For a special guest, we have Lamb of God. <laughs> For the after party. It's not even like the wedding song coming down the aisle. It's like. <laughs> Darkest headbanging at the altar. <laughs> I feel like we're just on a phone call with Jay, like a, a four way phone call with Jamie, not really on a podcast. Yeah, <laughs> I forgot we're on a podcast. Not gonna lie. Oh my god! All right, Dark, we're gonna let you go. Dark, we we're All gonna right. miss you this weekend. Yep. Thanks for not yeah, showing up to the Vet National. That's awesome. I uh, know you guys have fun though. Be safe. You All have right. fun. You see be you safe. later. See you, buddy. All right. Bye. Bye. All right, that's dark side, everybody. All right, that's it. Let's go. Uh, please support our sponsors. <laughs> Thank you for uh, listening to this long three-hour podcast. We don't do Eddie's any sleeping. of these, so uh, hopefully you enjoy it. Hit me back with some feedback. You like these listener question shows, Chris at KeeferInkTesting.com, and uh, let me know what you feel. I think this is, uh, it's a fun show to do, <laughs> and uh, yeah, I don't think uh, there's any hiding behind these microphones right here. Definitely no. not now. That's good. Um, yeah. All right. Well, you have any questions, hit me up as well. You guys know the you guys know the deal. Heather, Aiden, Eddie, thank you. Yep. And mm -hmm. uh, support our advertisers. We'll see you next week. Later. Bye.